welcome to the Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, episode 83. Three? Yeah. Three. Yes. Uh, three. Yes. Canada loves the Toronto Raptors right Woo! now. In, indeed. Tomorrow's Cla- Father's classy Day. Classy group of fans you got there, Christian. Classy group. Hey. Especially what, Drake, uh, yeah. ass. At least one of our owners didn't decide to push somebody. Yeah, no, they just like, oh, you're out for a year. You just, you just ruined your career. Let's cheer. Oh, Down come on. Crib. One time, I knew, I knew you'd bring that yes. up. You prick. Nah, I'm kidding. They are classless, but that's okay. Get the Raptors fuck out of here. Right. The Raptors are fine. The second, the second anyway. that happened, some guys started a GoFundMe to to say like, "Ooh, hey, not all Toronto fans are like that." No, I know. They're not. They're one and only championship. You know, you don't realize it. They're probably all hopped up at the time. You jump up, you're like, oh, my God. You, like, because he's a star player. Then you realize, oh, fuck, this guy, that's his career. Like, then <laughs> on the line. So I think then it sinks in after. It was and horrible. Then, then, no one was happy about it right after when it was happening. And even the Raptors, you saw them. They're like, shut up, guys. Yeah, like, no, they were. Shut they the were. fuck up. No, it, was, it, it, was a, it was a great series except for those injuries. And then Clay Thompson, the next game, he's also oh, out for six months to a God, year. Man. Yeah, buddy. With yep. that, with that ACL, that looked oh brutal. God. Green yeah. felt, Green felt bad too, and you could just see that it had, it really had nothing to do with him coming up. He was just playing basketball, and it was, it was more the way he landed. And yes, yeah, speaking of landed, you guys have landed on sports talk <laughs> on a horror podcast. So if you guys hate sports, I'm very sorry. I'm gonna say one thing. I was rooting for the Raptors at the beginning of all of the stuff because I'm a uh, neighboring Toronto. I never have an issue with the Raptors. I was uh, a little hurt when they got bumped last year uh, in the playoffs because they had a good team. They had a great regular season last year. Everything's cool. I was a big Raptors fan until this Drake character. That is someone everything everybody can relate to. That isn't a horror fan, or that is a horror fan. That isn't a basketball fan. That was anything. Drake, I like him as an artist, as a freaking person slash fan. He is worse than uh, Spike Lee was when he was freaking repping <laughs> the Knicks. He and he should understand. He's a performer himself. How would he like it if somebody came up and was rubbing his shoulders in the middle of him freaking spitting out some rhymes on the stage? No class at all. And I, that's no, he's been, it's not like he just showed up though. He might, he's he been might. there for a while. He's he's been a fan. And he makes from... delicious coffee cakes. <laughs> <laughs> he's been uh, waiting for that joke. <laughs> are you ready? <laughs> Let's kick it out. Let's talk about horror movies tonight. We are going to talk about horror movies. We're going to review five of them. We have a trilogy of a non-horror what? type. Yes. So we're not reviewing five horror movies. We're reviewing two horror movies okay. and three non-horror movies. Okay. But we're still doing two. But they're by a horror director by the name of Lucio Fulci. And we're going to talk about that. It's You're the Patron. That was given to us by Derek B. And the other two, Triple R's, from other patrons. And we'll announce who they are when the time comes. Because at the top of my head, I can't remember. You know? Oh, they're not even all Triple R's. No, they're not. They're full reviews, actually. Mark Latham picked the cell. This is the top of my head. I'm not reading none of nothing. People that can are on the patron can see that. He's got nothing and in his hands, folks. Honor, and the honor, other one, honor thy patron. Honor thy patron. <laughs> and the other one was from Derek B. And it's a full review for Flowers. So, boom, there are five full reviews. But we'll get to that when we get to that. That's what we're talking about tonight. We're going to have some fun. Christian, seriously, though, congratulations. Everybody in Canada is suddenly a basketball fan. But that's okay. I'm happy for the Raptors. And uh, Christian, again, congratulations for bringing back TGIF 13. Oh, well, thank you. 
Nice. Yeah, thanks yeah. for that. <laughs> Ten-month hiatus? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be the I one with... The, you're, the, you're the only one with just this show. So when this ends, you're going to be like weeping in your pillow. The funny thing is, you were the guys who warned me. One show. That's all <laughs> you should do. Now these guys are branching out. They got 40 shows apiece. No. But. Yeah. But. Hold on. When I do my shows... Wat Z is one show a month. This show, this this show is two shows a month, right? ABCs is like bi-monthly. That's really it. Banana Laser is like two shows a year. So it's not like I'm doing a full schedule of anything. Everybody wants to go full schedule. That's the problem. What Christian is doing is they're just putting out a show when they're in the mood for it. Once a year. Like <laughs> yeah, almost. Almost once a year. It's been 10 months for, for <laughs> a proper show with him and Vince. Yes, Absolutely. But to do a full other show where you're putting out freaking, you know, every single week you have to record and watch movies, that's too much for, for anybody. Unless that's your entire life. And if it, it is, drops the quality when you do it like that. And you, you spread I, yourself thin. Yeah. if you, I mean, if you listen to 20 shots, you could just hear the quality <laughs> dropping week to week. <laughs> <laughs> minute to minute. Uh, the- <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting boys. I love doing the boys. Vince and I, we like we said, we had gotten together one other time before that, contemplated doing a show. It was too, we felt like it'd be too rushed, so we didn't do it. So we actually do think about shit like that. Uh, whether that comes through on the show or not is another thing. But uh, we we talked a lot about a, a lot of things. Like uh, we had that whole um, uh, discussion about f- the word fag and when it can be used. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. you said that word online. Yeah. What are, we, are we 22 shots? <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't well, strike that for I'm, the comments. I'm talking about the, fa- yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about the fact that Vince and I had this discussion because I needed to find out if and when it was ever appropriate for someone to say it that wasn't gay, uh, whether it be a joke or not, and what his thoughts, what his thought point was. He, he, says, he really doesn't even really answer. use it. He says he doesn't really use it either. Well, he jokingly said that he uses it when he's with his gay friends every now and then. But then he he kind of said afterwards that he really actually tries to avoid the word. But that's not. Of course, he avoids the word. That's not that. that you asked it wrong, and he answered it wrong. I would have said. I asked and it I tried, wrong. Okay. No, no, no. I shouldn't say you asked it wrong. I, <laughs> let me strike that from the record as well. What I should say is. After you, he he, he kind of gave you a non-committal answer, you should have rephrased the question to say, "This is what I want to know." A friend of mine said, and this this language is used on their page and sometimes on their show and amongst their friends and whatever. And we know that he himself has no issue with homosexuality, so we know that he's not doing it to be mean or anything. That's just the way they roll, whatever. But when when somebody says it, oh hey, if you don't watch this movie, you're a fag. And that was the way it was presented. It, that's what I would have said to Vince. And that is what I wanted to talk to my friend uh, and Andrew Huff about from Friday the 13th podcast. I spoke to him one day online about it. I said, I want to give you a phone call because I want your opinion on this. And I was going to say, I go this because, you know, on their show, they actually talk about horror in the, in the media and horror in real life. Yeah. And I wanted to see if they could do a take on it. Well, one thing led to another and we ended up. Not having the phone call, and we started talking about some other things because we're doing the show with Duncan over the summer, and we're doing a show there. But it didn't happen. The phone it got call messed up. Happen. So you're so you're saying he blew it? I, I'm not saying anything of the, of the sort. I'm <laughs> saying maybe he's listening now, and he'll get back to me and say, "Oh, hey, listen." And this is the input. But I wanted to you ask use him it here, seriously. here, and here. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> As a game, and we do make cracks like that, and obviously. We joke about everything. I'm an Italian. I'll joke about 
my people doing this and they we joke about Jewish people. Brandon's Jewish. We do this stuff. We bust balls. Oh, we do it. Nobody's perfect. That's all I gotta say to that. <laughs> <laughs> but we do that stuff. And if you do say a word like that, as a person who is gay, how do you feel about that? I would like to know. I don't use that word. And I said it. You heard me in the conversation. I said the N-word, saying fag, saying retard are words that you may use in your private life, maybe in jest, not 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 in a, in a hate way, but it's still not smart to use them online or in any public forum. I have a friend who's, who's a mentally challenged homosexual black man, so I could use all three of those. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just it. It's and just he's Jewish. And he's Jew- my God, he's got it all. He's running the gamut over there. <laughs> It's just my opinion is it's not wise. Thank God he's mentally challenged. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. Somebody get back to us on this. But who knows, honestly, if that's how it is. And everybody's different. I mean, if you know that you're that it's used that way, you know what I mean? We don't talk that way here. But well, I, I, I think the important distinction you made is that we know moods personally. So we knew it wasn't coming from a place of hate. But, you know, in, in a group right. when you have a lot of people, obviously, if you don't know the person, sometimes it can get taken out of context. But sure. to defend moods, you know, he, he's the least hateful person, you know, when it when it comes to, to, to all different. You people. know, the you funniest know, part is sure. it wasn't even moods. Defend- it yeah. wasn't even moods that offended me with it, even though he's the one that started it. It was the diehard fan base. And the reactions to it True. that I thought were absolute asinine responses. I agree. That's what it was. It just it annoyed me so much. And they're they like, oh, look how cool we are. Because we'll just throw it around like it's like it's nothing. And it actually, I don't care if you don't mean it to be funny. The response was ugly. Right. It was ugly. No, I agree. Yeah. That's where I was going with it. And that's where my, my, my problem laid or lies. But, but my question was... As a gay person, how do you feel about any person using that, but not in a hateful manner, like that way? I wanted That's what I wanted to ask Vince. That's what I'd like to ask Andrew and any gay friend I may have, and especially if they're a horror fan, because this is a horror group. You know what I mean? And, and horror peeps. Well, he, Vince so, I mean, did answer to the gay thing way back when. If he says he goes, he doesn't even like when people say, oh, that's gay, unless it's a cock and balls dangling in your face. Real gay. <laughs> Right. That's gay. pretty gay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, 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 feed me. And people- delicious. And delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but people have done that for years. I never said fag. I, I don't say, oh, you're stuck. But I have in the past, in a non-hurtful way, say, ah, that's gay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Basically, gay is, is another way of saying lame. That's what it became in my personal vernacular. Yeah. at certain times it's not meant to be hate it's just meant to be oh that's weak that's lame it's just another way to say it we're not saying that people that are homosexual are weak and lame and all that other stuff it just that's just what it became yeah of course this day and age i would never say that i would never even venture i know better whether i know mean it to be hurtful or not i know how it can be construed by other people so i'm not going to say those words but the question still remains i would like to know what they think about that. And I think that most of our listeners, at least half of our listeners are are going to be pretty sensitive about that stuff because that, that's kind of half the world now. Half the world is is one way and half the world is another. It's just the way it is. You look at just the go online and see people fighting about it politically and, and where it's going. And 
I'm not saying I'm definitely not super sensitive, and I'm definitely not on the other side either where I'm spouting off things. It's so. it's tough because I'm a huge stand-up comedy fan, and some of my favorite comics joke about blacks, Jews, cancer. Puerto you know, Ricans. Killing kids, the Holocaust, you know, the, the most sure. awful things. And it all depends on the context of the joke. Absolutely. And, I'm and, right and, there with you. Yeah. And, you know, the whole idea behind making those awful things funny is that they're not victimizing the individual. It's 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 just it's almost making fun of the situation rather than, you know, attacking this group of people. My favorite. Stand- Sorry, yeah. Brent, I didn't realize. No, you were no, no, no. You okay. continue. No, I was going to say, my favorite stand-up is um, Ricky Gervais, and he's filthy like that, and he'll he'll attack everyone, but he'll defend his jokes to no end, and he's a brilliant guy, and he makes great points about it, and he has no offense towards anyone, well, and I'm the same way. Like, I, I say things, I tell my friends filthy, disgusting jokes, but I know there's a time and a place. Right. Well, my, and my favorite stand-up comedy special ever is Eddie Murphy's Delirious. Yeah. To this day, it's still my favorite. But that's a time capsule of, of early '80s, and boy, that word homosexual fag like that's thrown around oh. left, right, and center. He's actually really? apologized for it since, which I don't think he have to ever do because it's still in the context of the joke. It's funny, but once again, I'm also not gay, so I wonder if that's another question I'll have to ask Vince, and maybe we'll ask Andrew as well. Uh, when we do our, our gay round table, it sounds like we're, which was where we're heading to. <laughs> Let's do it, baby. A gay round table. We're going to get every gay podcaster on and just talk about it. That'd you know, fun. I don't I, honestly, straight talk. I, I know I'm not a very religious <laughs> Jewish person, but as somebody who hears like these awful Holocaust jokes and stuff like that, and, uh, you know, I, I really I take them just as they are as jokes. And I recently saw a documentary where not only. Were they talking about doing um, Holocaust jokes? They had Holocaust survivors watching different stand-up routines. They had them watching like uh, Sarah Ooh. Silverman's routine on the Holocaust and different comics. Were they laughing? And believe it or not, and believe it or not, some of the survivors actually found it funny, and they talked about about comedy helping them make it through the camps. And then there were others who were like, I, you know, I can't even talk about it. This isn't funny, you know. But you know, to each his own. So exactly. there's, there's definitely arguments for both. It's just, you know, pick and choose your times. But then you got to think about this. It seems the people that are making these jokes usually are a member of that community themselves. I don't think. Look at the, look at what they said on Seinfeld. Do you remember that episode of Seinfeld when they, when when Jerry's comedian friend who wasn't that funny converted to, to Judaism oh. and they started making Jewish jokes? That was because, Heisenberg. Oh, I, that was yeah. uh, what's his name from Breaking Bad. Yeah, he, right. he, he converted to Judaism to make the uh, the Jew yes. jokes. And that's what he said. He goes, he, he converted to Judaism just for the jokes, and he was mad about it. And he was, he goes, does that offend you as a Jewish person? No, it offends me as a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Give me, give me a stickle of fluoride. <laughs> yeah. And this is the perfect episode to be discussing this on because this is, for all intents and purposes, probably our most non-horror show that we'll be doing. Exactly. You're right. You're right. It is non-horror. It's it's probably not going to happen again because uh, we raised the price. <laughs> on the feature because we decided that we needed uh you know if someone's really gonna do it hey man you're gonna pay through the nose but anyway <laughs> and you know what again i hey, still think derek did it the best way i'm offended <laughs> oh. hey what well, more italians we got big noses too yeah, you okay. know yeah sure. as big as roxanne make... over here but <laughs> <laughs> roxanne anyway um yeah jokes is jokes 
what are you going to do? I don't know. This is the society we live in. Me, I'm going to make a joke in my own home, but not a hateful joke. But I'm not going to make every single joke I make at home on the air. It's just not even in front of friends that are in my home. Maybe to my wife and my wife only or my brother. That's it. That's as far as it's going to go or my lifelong friend. But I mean, you know what I mean? You got to be careful, man. You just you know, that's a joke. Who, me? A joke, huh? Yeah. Off the top of my head? No, I, I can't do things on the spot. It's, that's my weakness. That is really my weakness in life. I'm very bad when put on the spot to do anything. Everything with me is of the moment. Like if I yeah. sing a song, a burst out, or I don't plan this shit. I don't plan anything I do. That's why I got notes because I, I got to look at it and say, okay, I better, I better think about this, you know. But anyway, let's move on. We're gonna talk about some things, some horror movies. Maybe we should just do a quick review, get one out of the way, come back to some emails, maybe answer a question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's do it. What should we do first? Should we, oh, we gotta, we gotta bounce. We gotta go. Uh, we got the three full cheese, and then we got the 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 the, the other two. So why don't we do a, why don't we do one of the fooch? One of okay. the fooch. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> you know what? I have a method for my choosing this one first. Oh, great. Here we go and, again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, and we're gonna start off with 1983's Conquest. Nice. The one I wanted to talk about the most. Awesome. Really? Okay. Absolutely. Interesting. Lucio Absolutely. Fulci, director. A young man armed with a magical bow and arrow embarks on a mystical journey through a mystical land to rid it of all evil and join forces with an outlaw to take down an evil witch bent on claiming the magic bow for evil. Woo. Okay. Let me say something controversial right this second. You 19, loved it. <laughs> 1983. Lucio Fulci makes this movie. He should have quit horror right then and there and just started doing these fantasy movies. He should are, have you, changed. are you kidding have you me? Lost your mind? Yeah, I would no, bring it. I wanted this, to get. I wanted to get this one out of the way. This movie. This movie looks like a a really bad dream. Yeah, and, well, that's the thing. They use too many fog machines. Oh my god! Yes, everything's dream. Did. It's dream <laughs> filtered. Right. It looks like the end scene of Carrie for the whole goddamn movie. <laughs> It, it looks like there's a clash of the titans. This is That's fucking right. crazy. Perseus, right off the bat, is what I thought of. 100%. Clash I of the titans, movie... right? Yeah. Yes, Perseus. Yes. I want to see this movie cleaned up. I don't think you can say that word on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> is it a hairy Perseus? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see this movie cleaned up because of the way we got it. doesn't look that good. I don't know if, there, if it's out on blue or anything, but I want to see a clear-cut version of this film where I can really see everything. Because I'll tell you what, this movie, on top of having good gore when it when it was on the screen, Fulci gore, you can say that pretty much about all these movies, that the one thing he did was keep the freaking gore going, which is great. You don't see fantasy movies with gore in it. So it had that going for it. The story, fuck, forget about Troll 2. This is the movie you want to freaking crack beers and freaking with your boys and have fun laughing at it. Okay, I, I'll give you it's that. So bad, good, okay. and it's entertaining and violent at the same time. It's a rare. I want to see more of this. This it, it's like creating a subgenre. This movie has the 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 allure to me. What I think that other people that watch like kaiju films or uh, kung fu films from the the early days that I, I'm not really into, but I could understand why they like them, this is like something for me. I freaking, oh. I want more of this shit. I wish he did a trilogy of this. Brandon's losing his fucking mind. I gotta agree a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm between both of you two. I'm between both of you two. I agree with some of the things Dave said. But I'm, I'm like, I'm like ahead, the Chris. cream of the Oreo cookie. The, um, well, who am I? 
We didn't even introduce Kristen. ourselves. Kristen. Kristen. I said, uh, go ahead, Kristen. Yeah, that's fine. I'll take it. The The reality <laughs> is, like, I my movie like this that I loved was Sword of the Sorcerer. That had the violence. That had, like, it was all this time frame as well. And it had some gore and some blood for, I believe, a PG, PG-13 movie as well. They didn't have a wishbone lady that pretty much got torn in half. It didn't go to that extreme. But it was... Uh, it was enjoyable and, and intense for when I was that age. This one is just fucked up. The narrative is so lucid that it just kind of loses me. But I can totally get cracking some beers and just sitting back and laughing. It's great. It's fun. I watched it by myself and I I, <laughs> I had a blast. I did this, this movie alone. I'm so glad that, that Derek picked these pick this had this idea for Fulci's non-horror movies because it brought this movie into my life. I'm telling you, this is a, a subgenre that's untouched. That I think there was only one movie made like this. There's no other movie in the world like this, I don't think. And I really wish you would have done more of this because I don't know what to tell you guys. I you're not going to see another movie like this. Like the okay, your sword and a sorcery thing. To me, that's kind of boring and takes itself too seriously. I have the power. I'm, I guess I'm doing He Man, but whatever. <laughs> that that stuff always kind of bored me. Or this. Because of of the ridiculous part of like I love Clash of the Titans, don't get me wrong. But like when all of a sudden he pulls the bow and arrow and it freaking turns into the blue thing and shoo, and shoots off just out of nowhere. It's it's amazing. Who who thinks to do that? And then the dolphins at the end. Oh come on, you don't see that stuff in normal films. The stupid dolphins. I'll, those guys... I'll take those dolphins rescuing that guy over the freaking zombie versus shark in his other movie. How's that? That, that damn zombie, those the zombies, the dolphins took forever to rescue that guy. That's the guy why drowned. That's yeah, why it's great. I, I'd like to announce dead. my retirement for the show. I, I don't think I have anything left to say. I don't think I can speak. That's not entertaining Perfect. to you? That they took You're the welcome. That, the guy should have been dead. <laughs> you did That's it. hysterical. You, did it, you got me off the show. Troll 2 wishes it could be freaking this I kind of- hate Troll 2. So do I, because it's it's not so bad it's good. I, I don't watch that movie and laugh at it at no, all. it's bad. It's, it's horrible. It's just bad. bad. <laughs> but this movie, come on, dolphins rescuing that guy underwater that way? That's ridiculous. I'll, I'll say one thing about this movie, and, and something you said right away that I agree with. I would like to see it cleaned up for the sake of seeing that gore showcased oh. in a much clearer version, because that's the one thing I loved about this film. Yep. Maybe this is my downfall, even for, you know, a, a horror fantasy film like this, which you're right. It isn't really done at all. No. But my problem is I'm always focused on story. And I just found too many, like, inconsistencies here and too much walking around <laughs> yes. and, and days like where the, there was too much lull between the good parts. I, I like the Dolphins. I laughed at the fact that he was underwater for four and a half hours. I You know, I wrote this down in my notes. You're not saying anything that's not ridiculous, but I was focused on the story. And from the very opening scene where Ilias is receiving the bow, I, I don't know if it's from his father or whoever. It's or receiving God. It from. I don't know. God, who whatever. Zeus. You notice, you notice for like the first 40 minutes of the movie, when he uses the bow, he runs out of arrows. It's not really magical. It doesn't become magical until the end. That's what's great about it. It doesn't make any sense, though. That's like... why it's great, because it, that's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. That's the fun of it. It's just it's something just to take. Why take it? I'm not taking it seriously. I'm enjoying the ride because of the gore and because of the ridiculous stuff. 
but not 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 schlocky. I don't want to see Monty Python and that guy in the woods. It's just a flesh wound and cutting off the freaking limbs one at a time. Oh, and come on. on. I, I love it goes that. On. It's just not funny to me. <laughs> after, after the first time, it just loses it. Where this is just more creative to me. There's a there's more behind it to me. It's not the same joke for five minutes. I can't it's, believe this. Like I can't. We'll, Dave's we'll call this one enthusiasm. A yeah. No, I think the first twenty those minutes and the foot, last twenty minutes. How good they looked. Are great. Those big foots. They looked amazing. How do they even do that? I can't see that it's a mask. It really looks better than freaking watching Planet of the Apes. Granted. Granted, it's not cleaned up, and we watch it on, on a cloudy feed, the, the whatever the thing that, that Derek sent us. No, I watched it on Tubi TV it. as well, and it was the exact same. But it looked good. Th- those creatures looked good. They, I would have believed that they were, not really, I'm exaggerating, but I'm saying, I would have believed that those were really big, big Bigfoots. Big Dude, feet, the, one, the one head creature who got sacrificed, who got killed after he failed his mission, that that Fado, he had, uh, he had the puppy dog nose. All I wrote was Scott's puppy dog nose. I swear. <laughs> and if this ever gets cleaned up, you'll notice that. But I mean, the looks, I mean, the looks were fine. It was just, I just found the pacing to be very slow. I'm and with dull. you. I'm with you, B. Wow. First 20, last but 20. But I do agree that, yeah, yeah, there were certain parts, like when they're in the cave and stuff, and where it got really good and like violent and nasty. And I'm like, this is oh, good. And then they them. Oh, oh man, there was some. I mean, Fulci's gore is on display, like yes. you said, in all three of these movies. Yes, especially but, this. Wow. But, yeah, but I couldn't. I couldn't get past the uh, the lulls. Wow. I'm not, saying like... I, I'm not saying I disliked it, but this is my least favorite movie of the night. Oh yeah. my god. Mine too. Of all five movies. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. man, I want more stuff like this. This should be a subgenre uh, on its own. But it is. This... It is. It's just not <laughs> really. But... Yeah. Fancy, gory movies. Well, they've got the Red Sonja. Like, I mean, I don't know how much. There's always a little bit of blood and gore mixed in with those. Maybe not lasers. Uh, Dude, that that arrow scene was ridiculous. That raining arrow scene. When it went to, oh, that was hysterical. When it went all over the place, that was amazing. (laughs) What was that? I don't know, but it was amazing. How could you not like that? It was comical, but it was like, are you kidding me? Like, oh, what about those water zombies? They were fucking phenomenal. The water zombies were good. When they spawned the water zombies, I did like that. What were they? And then he stabbed it, and the the green came out of the one, and later on they were bleeding red, and they had, oh, dude, it was one thing after another. It was a hodgepodge of crazy shit thrown out there, and just go with it, and it's gory, and it's fun, and they don't try too hard. They're not trying to be funny. That's why I like it. That's why I don't like Army of Darkness, because you're trying to be funny, and you're putting out lame jokes to me. To me, I know some people like it, but when you're trying to be funny, you're putting out lame jokes. It doesn't do it. But this movie, they're trying to take themselves seriously, and it's so ridiculous that it's funny. To me, that's more my type of humor. I love watching movies like that that are ridiculous when they're not trying too hard. They're trying too hard to do other stuff, but it backfires, and that's why it's so great. Oh. I don't know. I just wish the story had been a little bit more coherent because you got this character. Yeah. What do you need you to know? This... He's, well, no, he's I mean, fighting bad. That's all I need. Yeah, more. but why is he coming from his realm, which is like this perfect paradise, to fight evil? And he has absolutely no powers with the bow. And he winds up, well, I, I won't spoil it for people who haven't seen it, but, you know, his his character arc plays out. and And the true power of the bow isn't revealed until Mace takes over and starts using it. Okay, so you'd rather watch a superhero movie where in the first half an hour of the movie, 
everything is explained and this and that, sometimes over-explained, and, and you already know in the back of your head how it's going to end, and you're going to know beat by beat what's going to happen. You'd rather I, see a, a, a concise film, a regular movie, that just because you want to know everything that goes on, that's going to make the movie better. Don't you like the, the element of surprise? And You don't need to know. It's good versus evil. You know how many movies I've watched where I couldn't follow it? I just kind of went with it. Matter of fact, another Fulci movie we're going to talk about, I didn't know what was going on. I was lost <laughs> in the first 15 minutes. And because of that, it's I suffered the whole time because they try to over-explain everything and they make it much more serious than it has to be. Where a movie like this, maybe I'm just a simpleton and I, I like the fact that it's just that simple and I don't have to think too hard. Maybe that's just it. Maybe sometimes I just... When it's ridiculous like this and you have snakes all over the place and, and this happening and freaking arrows and uh, Day of the Dead, pardon me, Dawn of the Dead type action music because you have freaking Claudio Simonetti on there. Yes, yeah, Simonetti's uh, score was good. I don't, I'm not saying I don't like the, the surprise element to it. I actually enjoyed that. But the inconsistencies in the setup of the story is is mixed in with the the too many lulls. Too much of watching Mace, you know, rowing that boat for 20 minutes. It's like, <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, it's, it's true. Kind of, it's like, kind of, it's a, is there, are we watching it in fucking real time here? Is, is this a nature documentary I'm watching here? I like the fact that you liked it, Dave, but I'm yeah. shocked at how much you seem to have liked it. I, I really am. did. Watch, I do. watch, I'll come in higher than Dave. <laughs> no, you're not going to. No, listen. Uh, just uh, the conversations they had were even good, you know, because he he disrespected man, but he he doesn't hurt the animals, and they had that whole gimmick going. He goes, "Well, why'd you eat that animal?" He goes, "Well, I wasn't the one that killed it." And just, yeah, that's the thing for somebody who's I love so that. against killing and and hurting animals. Every other scene, he's got a dead animal that he finds. He's like, "We got food." That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. He didn't kill anything. And how about those birds? You know what those birds reminded me of 100%? The bat in Suspiria. The way they moved with their, their big fat bat and the wings. I kept thinking of Suspiria. I go, oh, this is great. It was just, I don't know, man. It just That, that was meatloaf. That was a bat out of hell. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. And that guy looked like Jack Frost towards the end. How about that one guy that oh. was talking, that snowman looking thing? It was like Jack Frost. <laughs> it was, I never saw Jack Frost in my life. I, figured, I have no desire to watch Jack Frost. But to see Jack Frost show up for, for 30 seconds in this movie for no reason is freaking great. Oh. Oh. I came back. I, I'm not scared anymore. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> was, how about when they go oh. and he says, oh. What about that girl? And he's like, "Oh well, she she's she's my girl when I'm in town." And he's yeah. like, you can have her too if you want. Oh, I love that shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, B. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm happy. I really am happy that they, that they Dave loves us. Uh, Derek will certainly be thrilled. I know there's an audience for this. I know that no, there definitely is. There definitely is. And I think everything you said is the audience that's for it. That can sit back and just sort of you know, crack a few beers and enjoy it for what it is. Maybe I'm just being too much of a tight ass looking for a cohesive uh, storyline and a better pacing. Maybe I should just let loose and just enjoy it more for what it is. But, Maybe. you know, when with the character development, they, they developed these characters pretty well, but there were too many inconsistencies. Even, like, I, I just didn't get the whole point of, of, of Okron, you know, this evil witch, like, having to summon... Uh, the uh, the wolf the the white dog whatever his name oh, was that was great what do you mean Zora. and then it, it paid off it actually worked there was something else that was great about this that cool ending and then the after party ending the freaking the the tacked on thing at the end which is even better but when you see what happens 
with good against evil and her making this deal with this freaking whatever. And then it actually worked out a certain way. I was like, holy shit. You see somebody carrying a head. I'm like, what did I, what? wow. I was so, I thought they were going to take it away from me. I said, this is so good that they're not going to stick with this. I like the head did. part. That I like the head part. Cause that, that was, was definitely a, sh- a shock because. Good yes, effects but too. It, it, yeah, it was yes. great effects, but it sh- it shouldn't have been surprising because said character was weak from the beginning, even with this magical weapon. Hey, <laughs> no that, spoilers. That's life. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not oh. scared anymore. Should have stayed away, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this magic arrow that uh, the gods gave me doesn't work. I'll tell if you this: Fab- if you want, to... if I give it to Fabio, it'll work. <laughs> yeah. How about when the shake, the snake showed him the way? What'd you say, Fabio? That's what it looked uh, like. Nice. <laughs> awesome. How about for no reason they got trapped in that cave? And I don't know why they got trapped. They went in there to fight people. And then five minutes later, after they defeated them, it seemed like all of a sudden they were trapped in the cave. And I didn't know why. And then a snake somehow showed them the way out. He slithered through that hole. And all of a sudden, he was just able to pick the rocks apart with his hand. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so much better than watching a Godzilla film or I don't know to me like I know people love that stuff and I, I understand why they love it that's their cup of tea they know that it's not to be taken too seriously it's kind of hokey those, those kaiju films and those freaking those kung fu movies and whatever weird subgenre you can come up with but there aren't enough movies like this I, I know that people that like those kind of movies would probably get a kick out of this movie I don't know I got a kick out of it uh, what else can I say? Thank you, Derek. If for nothing else for this show, you brought that movie into my life, and I really hope it gets a blue, it gets a good release, and I can watch it with my friends. Wow. So what was the review, or what was your rating? Eight and a half. Holy smoke. Yeah, I'm, great. I, uh, I'm a six out of ten. I'm a five out of ten. I'm sorry. I just—I <laughs> actually came up a little bit. You, you talked me into it. You like made me almost feel guilty for going below five. But I just—he hey. showcases his his gore really well yeah. for for a non horror film. But again, it's just—it's messy. Pacing yeah. issues. It's it's very messy. There's some really positive things going on here, but it's just some um, a mess of an hour and twenty five minutes. That's fair. I did, it didn't seem messy to me. I just I just rode along. And how about that mask? It was like the one from Demons. You notice that? When they oh, put uh, it? yeah, um, Okron's mask. Yeah, dude, it totally reminds me. Her mask. Demons. Yeah, that that was a cool scene when they take her mask off at the end. Yes. Yeah, yeah. the big reveal. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. All well, right, there, there well, is some good stuff, man. <laughs> you got you point. You pointed out all the good stuff. Yeah, I guess that. The other sixty <laughs> minutes is them just walking or rafting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we got some emails and some messages and some things. We'll we'll do something. First, you know what? I'm going to read this part because it has to do with uh, both shows that, that I've done. I read it on the Watt Z party because the second half was about them. But I still have to read it here because it has to do with us. And this is from uh, Shane T. And this is – I'm going to read the first half. New listener, to, new listener to your show, to your guy's show. And I really enjoy it. Show sounds professionally recorded, and you guys are an endless wealth of information. Correct or not, I don't care. <laughs> There's constant informative and entertaining content, exactly what any program should be. Enjoying what you guys are throwing down, great job. From Shane T. in Sioux City, Iowa. So, awesome. there you go. Yeah, Thank man. you, Shane T. Yeah. 
Love to hear that stuff, man. Thank you, thank you. And we have many new Patreons, patrons, excuse me. Uh, they've been coming a lot the last two months, and we used to shout every single one out, but I can't keep up with it. So maybe the next show we'll just shout, shout every patron out that we have again, like we did. That's know. all we'll do next show. No, re- <laughs> no reviews. <laughs> just yeah. you're, the patron. you're the patron, so we're just going to mention all your names and talk about you and if we know you and how we feel about you. So, okay. Speaking of this, uh, we have our, our, hor- our, 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 yeah, okay. Our homie Jordi Ostir. Hi, Exploding Heads. It's been a while since I emailed you guys, so here's another email from me. You are all still doing a great job. That is all. Oh, <laughs> that's all that needs oh, to be said. You. Right. Thank you. Thank you for reaching out, uh, Mr. Jordi. And I wish Klosklag12, I hope it's 12. Is it 13? Either way, that's his podcast, but it, but it's, uh, I don't speak Finnish. Is it Finnish? Jordi. Is it pronounced Jordi? Yes, that I know. Okay. Yes, that we I were always saying Jordy for a while. Yes, I, I know. Silent O. Or Silent J. <laughs> Silent O. Judy. 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 It's Judy. The O turns to a U. And Dave Gabbard, our homie, has finally done it all. He's been slowly going through our whole catalog, and he has now officially rated every single movie that we have rated. They're all there. He's done it all. He's gone through every show, including uh, at the end, he had a lot of work to do with the slasher show and our year end shows and things like that. And we now have it all. So Dave Gabbard, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. We have to find a way to put that other one. I put the slasher one on our group page and this one, we're going to have to uh, put it all together. We did all the year end shows. So basically if you ever want to know any movie that we've rated and what we've rated it, it's all there in our library. We just have to find a way to do it. But we really thank you for for think about that. This guy listened to all our shows and, and, and to rate them for us. So that he deserves a medal just for that alone. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, huh? <laughs> so thank you. Hopefully, we'll eventually get a website when we ever, if we ever have time, and uh, we'll put it on there. And one more thing, Eric Webster oh. is back. Sexy Ball no, Man, another song? Yes, a follow-up yes. song? What? Oh, I thought you were bullshitting what it me. is? No, no, uh, it's right here. Hey, guys, here's a voicemail for you. I have no idea what it is. I had never played it yet. I'm going to play it right now. So, Hey, guys, what's up? Sexy Ball Man's in the house. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm glad you guys liked my song. Uh, that was some good fun. Uh, I just wanted to touch base with you guys, let you know I really enjoyed listening to you talk about Guillermo del Toro. Uh having Ram Man on. Yeah. That was fun. If you haven't seen his older films like Kronos and The Devil's Backbone, you should definitely check those out. Uh, they're not quite as polished as his later bigger budget efforts, but they're still excellent films that you should look at if you haven't already. I also want to give you guys a thank you. Um, here's the story. Back when I was, oh, middle school in the 80s, uh, my family didn't have a whole lot of money, so we didn't have cable. One night, a sleepover at a friend's house there were like four of us and the other guys fell asleep and I was still up watching whatever was on cable. And I came across this movie and all I remember about the movie is that there were a bunch of people in the woods by a bus and somebody got killed with a booby trap that involved a branch swinging out with a bunch of can lids on it. So uh, I was watching this movie and my friend's mom got up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and saw what I was watching and made me turn it off. So I didn't get to see the rest of the movie and I never knew what the movie was. 
I've been wondering what the hell that movie was ever since then, uh, ever since the mid eighties. Oh no. Uh, uh, I was listening to you guys talk and you started talking about the final terror. Oh, and yeah. I, heard you, I heard you mention a boss in the woods. I'm like, a boss in the woods? A boss in the woods? Could that be the movie? <laughs> so I tracked it down. It's actually on Prime Video. And I'll be damned if I didn't get my booby trap with the can lids on it in the opening scene of the movie. I was like, <laughs> yes, this is the movie. Uh, so I watched it. And, um, well, it's not a classic. But it's not horrible either. Uh, I've seen a lot worse. But the important part is after 30-some-odd years... I finally tracked the fucking thing down and got to see it thanks to you guys. So thank you for helping me track down the final terror after all these years. Appreciate it. Great show. Keep up the good work. Awesome. That's that's awesome. That's a great story. story. I have the same story. I have the the same story. Not not that movie, but when I was a kid, I saw a movie. Anyone who knows me knows I'm into golf. I was a golfer from a young age, and I, I just remember up late one night when I was young watching TV and there was a scene where they were out on a golf course and all of a sudden a ninja shows up and murders everyone on the golf course. Ninja and three. Freaking- ninja three. <laughs> I didn't exactly. And it wasn't until about 20 years later, like literally like probably a year or two ago that somebody said it in the 22 shots group to me. Like that's ninja three. I'm like, what? I went and I checked it out. I'm like, holy shit. This is the movie. I didn't wow. know that. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I saw that for the first time this year because of we did it on ABC's The Hidden Order, and I never saw it. And I watched it. I was like, whoa, that was fun. And, and in a way, Ninja 3s, the way some people are into Ninja 3, that's kind of like going back to Conquest. That, that, it's like my, it's like a Conquest type I, of movie. I could see that, and I love Ninja 3. So I totally yeah. could see that. Yeah, so that, that's what I was thinking. But Eric, thank you very much. Speaking of yeah, Eric Webster, yeah. again, did you guys see that he was doing the panel? With the freaking, yeah. uh, the girls the from Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, the Nightmare on Elm Street. Wow. Awesome. What an experience for him. That's fucking great. So congrats to you on, on, on taking part in that and, you know, having dark discussions. I'm sure it had to go through dark discussions somehow for him to, you know, to be at that uh, event and be on a panel. Could you imagine one of us being on a panel with, with people no, like that, that? Fucking phenomenal. Was, was it just oh. him or, or, or was the rest of the team there? It was Phil Bear and all that? No, okay. it was just it was just him. And it was just him three, posting, uh... so I wasn't sure. Okay, cool. Dude, you guys are not gonna believe this, but when we were talking about this right now, and what Eric said about the movie and what you said about the movie, Brandon, it, it brought me back to a message that a friend from high school sent me back in 2011 that I was never able to answer. And I'm going to read this email on the sh- pardon me, read this Facebook message on the show right now and see if anybody can help him because I never even responded because I didn't know what it was. It was back in 2011. How great would it be if in 2019 I could message him back and say, oh, yeah, that movie is this. So <laughs> I just thought of it because somebody straight up asked me. I'm going to read you what, what, what this note says. DZ, hope you are well, buddy. It's been too long. So I see you are big into the horror movie scene, and I have been trying to find out the name of a movie for about six months. But no matter how hard I search, I cannot find the answer. So I figured I would give you a shot. Flick starts off with a guy and a girl in a diner, and all they are talking about is how great the pancakes are. They are just lavishing each other with compliments, and she is just going off about how great the pancakes are. They talk about moving to a tropical paradise where he will make her pancakes forever. As as they pan out, everybody in the diner has been massacred by them. The police arrive outside, and they have a bag of money, and they decide to make a run for it. Then the gunfire hits. 
Next scene, he is in a prison van, and she busts him out by hitting the van with a truck and knocking it down a, a, a ravine. She breaks him out. Long story short, he ends up killing her, even though he loves her, because this is his hell, and he was such a monster, the only punishment the devil could give him was to murder the only person he ever loved over and over again. Help me out here, DZ. It was a great flick, and I can't find it anywhere. Huh. Anyone? Yeah. I, c- I couldn't think of anything that it resembled. Texas Chainsaw Pancake Titty Monster Man? (laughs) Well, no. Guys, I hope somebody listening knows this and I can get back to this buddy of mine eight, nine years later and tell him what the movie was. Because I was like, damn, how do I not know what he's talking about? And I've never heard anybody mention anything even close to it. Isn't that crazy? Did did he mention it like a decade, a time frame? No, but no. Uh, whatever I just read you is what I read you, but I don't remember now. I, I wish I, yeah, I don't know. It I can't, I is. can't help your friend right now, but I want that's okay. to. That's okay. I'm Googling pancakes. Wow. 18 people, uh, asked us a question on the show. We're going to take the best three. So I don't know. If, <laughs> that's, right. that's what I said. I said, we're about to record, decided that answer the best three questions you may have for us. What do you guys got? So we'll select what the best three are. And we'll answer them. Uh, we're not, obviously, we can't do it right now because we haven't all looked at the post. But we'll see. I just thought it would be fun because uh, it is what it is. You, you could pick for us. You think I could pick what the <laughs> best? I'll tell you what. By by default, I, I, I can actually already knock them all out. Well, let's go through them then. Yeah, okay. That's a good joke. Okay. Cole Antovich says, is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? <laughs> no, because I'm still hanging on to mine. Barely. <laughs> There's the answer. There's the answer. So no. Okay, Alan Lawrence, do you have to lick it before you stick it, or can you lick it after you stick it? Oh, oh, Christian, I know you have a, a, opinions on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's ass to mouth, or it's mouth to ass, never ass to mouth, right? Yeah. Dyslexic. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. I've licked it after I've stuck it. I've got no yeah, funny. I'm not, in a, I'm not in a comedic mood tonight. I'm sick as an idiot. Oh, what are you going to do? Okay, I'll, I'll do one more, and then we'll go on to our next movie. Top five Asian horror movies and top five European horror movies. There's no way we can answer that, so we're going to pass on. Okay, <laughs> let's let's talk about a movie. What are we going to talk about next? The Cell or The Flowers? Or, or Flowers, not The Flowers. Flowers. <laughs> what do you guys think? Let's do Flowers. No, I don't care. All right. Of course, you have to pick fucking Flowers. The one I had The Cell pulled up to fucking talk about now. Not it's the internet. Flowers, it should take, it? what, an extra two seconds to get the flowers. <laughs> what year was I know, that? right? 2015. Okay. Like oh, wait, I just saw it. I just saw it. Oh, just saw it. There it is. Guy. Okay, there it is. Flowers. In 2015, an abstract, surreal horror film centered around six dead women waking up in the crawl space below their killer's house. And this was written and directed by Phil Stevens. And it was actually my number 11 film of that year. I knew you were high into it. And that's yeah. actually a, a spoiler of of a synopsis because you don't really find that out till till the freaking the end of the movie, which is to me part of the charm. Like what's going on here? Why this that the other thing? And then you see at the end what's really happened. You know. You know. You know something. I guess you could kind of take it that way because it, it's always been uh, sort of uh, described as this way as you know dead women wow. waking up in in the house. But I, I guess you could almost look at it like what what is going on. But I mean. The minute you see them, you know, and they're all sewn up and stuff like that. And, you know, you know. You know I, I think it is a spoiler. I think, truth be told, this is my first time I ever I watched it. It's not what I would call my cup of tea movie. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. 
It's a little too it's, long for its own good. That's the, uh, for an experimental I film agree. with no dialogue. That's the pro- That is probably the main problem. There's a lot of too much of the same thing within the hour and twenty minute runtime. I agree. I, I mean, I don't know why. I think because this is usually not my cup of tea either. But for some reason, the the visuals here, the yeah. aesthetics of this film, mm-hmm. is is the closest thing I've ever seen to like a real nightmare being on screen. And that's exactly it. The this guy has talent. Is- the guy has talent, and it's not just a showcase. It's not like uh, those August Underground, which I, I don't even know if I've seen once. I don't even know how I could just make that comparison. But from what I understand, it's literally just violence for violence's sake shown on camera. This at least has some artistic merit to it, and there's some yeah. haunting imagery. I, I'm not one for experimental films. They've grown on me over time. I, usually, the one thing that I don't like is if they're overly long, which just happens to be on the long side, but that's really my only critique of the movie from a negative standpoint, because the, the look, like you said, Brandon, great. Everybody from a non-professional uh, like actor standpoint, I mean, they don't have dialogue, but they all... They all do amazing in the movie. The guy, the the the, the killer is creepy as fuck. It actually has a bigger penis than Brandon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was hung like a baby. Holy oh yeah. Oh, was that real? I, it had to be. Poor guy. I, I right, no, he, he said when he got to set, he said, you know what? I got this huge penis. I really wish you could make it like a baby's so. <laughs> though. <laughs> Maybe he had stage fright, you know? No, well, you know what, though? I- I'm telling you, like, I- I've had nightmares before where I've woken up, and it's not like I could remember everything, but it's just like, I just feel so uncomfortable. Like, I wake up, and I'm like, I just, I don't feel good. That's how I felt after watching this movie the first time, and it had the same effect the second time. It still held up, and it's a very simple story. You know, which each with each girl representing one of the six flowers, and you're basically just seeing their story of how they wound up where they did. Yeah, man, it got better as it went on for me. Honestly, to I, me, I the agree. first the first yeah. was the weakest, and I was like, oh man, I'm not so sure about this. I think it's going on a little long. I, I don't know. You know what it reminded me? I, I was impressed with the gore because it looked real. It was very real looking gore. I was like, okay, I like this. the The film stock reminded me 100 percent of that movie, Pieces of Talent. Yeah, just like it's funny that you bring that up. It it, it reminded me of that. And if I'm going to toot my own horn, not that it reminded me of my own film, but I did do a movie back in 2008 called I Serial Killer. It was going to be it's on YouTube. It's still on YouTube. But the original version was its own channel and it was segments. I use like the 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 television snow. It's so funny that a lot of the imagery is similar. Don't get me wrong. This is much more professionally done and much darker. But if you want to see. A, a, a revamped version of I Serial Killer. It's out there. It's on YouTube. You can just search it and and compare for yourselves because that was probably the closest thing to an experimental film I got. And I thought of it constantly as I was watching this and going, fuck, he just took that. Like, it just made it a feature length movie. No, thank you. Should, you. you yeah. should. <laughs> <What a dick. laughs> fuck, you should I hate you. Put the link in the show. Put the link <laughs> yes. in the show notes, Watson style, you know? I should put the link in the show notes. Oh, I, think I've, I think I've linked it to our actual page before. And I'm like, Two people like it. No one actually watches the fucking thing. I'm not saying it's hey. high art, but I'm saying, hey, check it out if you like horror. And it's only fucking ten minutes long. Damn straight, homie. Why not? Yeah, I'll I watch it. it. I felt a drag for the first ten. I serial killer. What is it? I serial killer. It's I go fuck yourself. <laughs> so was the first girl fighting puke? Was that what was going on here? She was, because if so, that's the first time I've ever seen that. 
in a situation like this, and I like it if that's the case. But I couldn't tell. Was what? Was she fighting? You know, having to vomit. Was she like trying not to puke? She kept doing this movement as she was walking through stuff, and she was discovering what was going on. And she kept coming across this gross gore and stuff like that. I'm thinking, in the way she moved, it was like she was. I don't know. I don't know if if she was just if that was the intent. Well, I do. I do admit the vomiting. first the first flower was the most confusing and. Yes. For that, you might be right because, you know, she sees the image through the floorboards outside of her being dragged to the house and she's tied up and gagged. So she might have very, uh, she might have actually choked and thrown up and that's how she died. She might have uh, asphyxiated on her own vomit. Oh, wow. Wow. Because well, there are that- supposed to be, yeah, there's hints through it. So that could easily be it. Yeah. Maybe so. If, if so, that's a smart choice. And wow, I, this is a movie. This was my first time as well. I, I this is the one that I'm going to definitely rewatch. Yeah, like I, 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 everything I said about Conquest, yes, it's going to be tough for me to watch it again because it's going to have to be cleaned up, and I'm going to have to be with other people. So as much as I was ranting and you know raving about about that movie, this is the movie that I 100% for all the movies tonight am going to watch again because I think it, it I think it could just get better upon second view because yeah, you know, I it started it, slow. But. It it does a great job of like making this house, even though it's claustrophobic and and nasty and yeah. uh, and just a house of horrors. It feels bigger because they show each girl from a different location. Yep, and it, it felt definitely Texas does Chainsaw become... Massacre. Yeah, like oh if, yeah, definitely. If, if, did. if, if mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw was done from a different point of view or or a different scenario, it was it was creepy throughout. It, its imagery is is disgusting and, and just a sense of dread throughout. There's no lightheartedness at all from frame nope. one to the end of the movie. Uh, and like I said, usually not something that I I enjoy or, or, or want to see. And you know what made me enjoy the movie a little bit more so is the fact that it reminded me of I Serial... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 it's the fact the documentary made me like it even more. Because the heart and soul yeah. that you see and the, the lightheartedness in between takes actually made me appreciate it more. And what this guy did with a Kickstarter budget of like whatever, 20,000 bucks and created the set and the crawl space within his house. The documentary is yeah. longer than the movie and it's a must see. It is. Yeah. It is. Uh, and it's a good companion piece. Uh, and I think it made me appreciate it much more because I, I could easily dismiss it as already kind of overlong, you know, descent into, into gore and dread, but there is more going on here. There's definitely more going on here. Oh, there's definitely there's definitely a story mm-hmm. to it, and I, and I found it. I mean, I, maybe I oversimplified it, but I found it very. I don't want to say easy to follow, but once I thought about it after the first time I saw it, I, I kind of made sense of what I saw and what the ultimate conclusion was, and I was like, "All right, this is how I see this movie," and I really enjoyed it. And that gagging was actually with the second girl, with the blood coming through the pipe, and she was the okay. one who was she was gutted when she was on like the bed, she was naked. And then you get that you get that fly on the wall perspective, mm-hmm. which is I mean it's oh man and each each of them does become a little bit more gory and a little bit more um, developed I I would say in terms of uh, in terms of the story. Absolutely, like I, I'll repeat it again. It got better as it went on. It just it kept getting better to me, and by yeah. the end I was like, man, I really want to watch that again, knowing what I know now and with a, a, a greater appreciation of everything. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the perfect um, comparison, and I'll tell you why. That score, the freaking, it's the perfect yeah. music 
It's the perfect type of music score for a movie like this, and it's reminiscent of Texas Chainsaw. Because Texas Chainsaw doesn't really have a score, neither does this movie. It just has those noises. And and they it, used, like, yeah. at the end and stuff, and they used, like, whatever, free music and stuff, you know, non-copyrighted music. And I thought whatever it sound worked. design yeah. and, and music they did, yeah, it worked yeah. perfectly. That was one of the standouts for me. And, um, yeah, I mean, the visuals, the maggots, the worms, just the, the nastiness. And the fact that they... You know, these these girls are obviously they're innocent victims. They don't deserve this. Yet when they're looking as to what led them to this point, you know, it's not all, you know, um, innocent. innocent. I, I, you know what? I, th- I you know, agree that, with you. That's I th- true. Yeah. I thought they were going to do a, a saw thing almost. And I'm glad they didn't go down that route. The guy, the guy is a sicko. It's almost like he he picked damaged, uh, damaged yeah. people. Uh, and I thought, oh, shit, I hope this is not a. T-. So. Hear me out here, like when Brandon, you did. It is a spoiler that description because I didn't know they were dead. I just was like, "Oh, they've awoken in the house," and then as it was playing out, I'm like, "Oh no, they're finding out how they died." And then like, so you do kind of go through this journey with them. So it is a spoiler to, to just say that. I, 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 like I said, like Dave, yeah. I went in not knowing. I didn't even read the description. I just watched the movie. Of course. I felt like you could figure it out pretty quickly, strictly because when they show their bodies, you see that they're sewn up so that they're clearly their corpses. But also they're looking through these these peepholes in the in the in the floorboards or they're crawling out of the bathrooms and they're seeing all this horrific imagery and all these bodies and skeletons that I think represent them. Well, yeah, but because of the fact that it's not a traditional story and it is done in an experimental narrative and the way that it's presented to you, that throws it off from being like I. That's why I was like, maybe it's not straightforward. That's why I was more accepting of the beam. It'll crawl out of uh, you know, holes and and through like mirrors and that you know kicking the door and suddenly the door like the nightmare. It becomes like that nightmare that we we're talking about earlier. So it's not quite as cut and dry. So that's why I don't think I took it as face value when I was watching it. Yeah, well, and especially with the ending, with when they finally all meet in the one room and the TV comes on and it reveals their fates. You know, maybe if they had presented it, you know, with them looking like they were still alive, it it would have been even more of a surprise. I I was surprised. I, I I didn't know anything until they did it almost like saw style with the flashback and the, and there was a reveal of the kill. I think the first kill was a hammer. Either way, I forgot what it was. The first the, girl was the one attacked on the street. That, okay. So I didn't know a damn thing. I didn't figure any of this stuff out until they showed one of them actually being murdered. And then, then I started piecing it together. That's why I want to go back and watch it. And then I'll probably yeah. have to get it, watch it a third time because I don't remember how any of them were killed. So. Yeah. Well, I wrote it I wrote it down. It's cool. One of the girls actually finds the, another victim's body. Oh, yeah. There was a porn thing going on. Yeah. Right. And they actually showed freaking uh, penetration. So I was kind of surprised <laughs> at that. That's yeah, there was the, the there was the bag over the over the head scene in the car. There was the you know the girl uh, cooking oh, drugs. There was a girl cooking drugs who shot in the mouth. Oh, however you took it, I, I think if you watch it the next time, knowing that they're dead the whole time, it makes it more powerful because it's really about these girls' struggle to um in this sort of like purgatory, this sort of in between where they have to become accepting of 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 the choices they made in their life and ultimately how their lives ended. Man. And and that's how I accept the ending because if you notice at the end 
each of the girls disappears after watching the video yeah. with the exception yes. of the one girl with the exception of one girl and that's the one girl the last flower who's trying to sew herself up and put herself back together so i always took that when i'm watching this that she is not able to accept the fact that she's dead and not able to move on and therefore she is the only one left behind stuck in this purgatory when the other five have moved on wow that's yeah, deep man that's awesome that's, yeah. I mean, you know what? I even wrote to a, to another fan of, of this film who, who had seen it at the time and was raving it and, and said, you know, this is how I saw it. What would you say? And, you know, he, you know, he didn't give me much. He just kind of said, yeah, that's 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 pretty spot on or, you know, I agree. So, you know, I mean, at that point, I realized it didn't matter, you know, but I, I was interested in how other people took it. But I was just able to make this sort of sense of it from from my own uh, viewing. And I was just like, wow, that's that's pretty powerful stuff for such a small independent you know experimental film I, the only thing that really the only other thing that i guess really threw me off was and i'm glad they cut them out you find out in the documentary they cut this down quite a bit was the shots of the men on video watching you know the random oh. the random shots of the people watching i just thought it wasn't necessary I don't remember I'm that. Yeah, I'm confused. I didn't watch the whole documentary. I was listening. No, no but listening. in the, doc, the the documentary just showed that they cut them down substantially. But in the actual movie, in the actual Flowers movie, there the, some of the imagery of the video that you've seen on TV is men staring back, like a group of men staring back and looking at the screen. Uh huh. I just didn't think it was necessary. I don't know what the connection is. I could draw no. I didn't. I didn't draw any symbolism or connection to any of that. I don't yeah. know. I guess maybe we're seeing it through their eyes. We're watching along with them. Maybe it was the what he was going for. Was this know. through the through the killer's stamp? Was this through the, the killer's ki viewpoint, or no, the killer, other random yeah, men? There, there's some there are other random men. They're they're intercut in between. It's like like a group of four or five men that are watching, uh, and and they uh, they're 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 only shown through like you know the black and white or over overexposed video footage. Mm hmm. Hmm. So I don't remember that, that was the only thing I'm like, what is he trying to get at there? And I couldn't really draw anything from it. So I, upon rewatch, that's what I'm going to be looking for and figuring out what does that mean? Dave, you could be right. Like, are they representing that? Like us, the viewer, we're sitting here watching it. and They're kind of just like, but I, within the context of the film, I don't know what. It's unnecessary. Yeah, that, that's what I that's what I took. I was like, I could have done without that. Just mm -hmm. upon I don't reflection it. of the film. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember it either. For some I just I just remember the the good visuals. I remember needles and skeletons and oh, yeah. and they all going through a foot and you know digging out their insides and being hollowed out and just I remember that stuff with each girl and oh the gore and that, that 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 food the food scene the trying uh, to eat. The, oh, the, the dining room food I, I was actually like eating while I was watching I was getting so was I. I was getting I was getting nauseous. <laughs> I can't believe. I was getting same here. Wow. Were you getting like nauseous? Oh, I was like, why am I eating? This is disgusting. Exactly. Fat fucks, you're that, always eating. What do you, you mean? You fat <laughs> but that usually doesn't happen. You had the big fucking movies. pizza right before the show. It usually yeah. doesn't happen to me though. Like where you oh, get like that scene was get, nasty. Like, turned off. It was very nasty, and I'm like, I'm like, I, I gotta stop eating. I'm getting nauseous actually watching this. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 <laughs> made, it turned me. I had to put the maggots away. I just couldn't eat another one. <laughs> <laughs> You were eating rice? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking lost boys over here. Right? <laughs> How are those what? worms? <laughs> exactly. How was that rice? <laughs> um, this is the movie that I think we can probably all safely say we recommend people watch. Right? 
I highly recommend it. I, I'm, it, I'm telling you, I would never, ever, if you told me the description of this film, I would probably say, no, I'm never going to watch a film like this. But man, it's really, really well done. It's well done, but it's not going to be for everybody. I, I even was cur- I was really concerned it was I wasn't going to like it. But after 10 minutes, I'm like, this is very intriguing. But then I'm like, man, how are they going to keep my interest with no dialogue and and nothing else for the full hour and 20? They they did, but I did have a quibble that it was a little too long. But that, it's a minor quibble, minor quibble. And yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe, I, I don't know. I, I felt like it's hard to complain that the movie is long when it's, I mean, what is this, like a 70-minute film? This is really a short, short film. Yeah, it's not long. So right. there's really, I mean... You're talking about cutting of the it style. over an hour. But it's because of the style, because it is a lot of dragging themselves through these claustrophobic little crawl spaces through gore and whatever, and it keeps going and going and going. I could see people not being into it. I really can. I yeah. was. Like I like I said, I was worried I wasn't going to be into it. I, I went through it. But I, once again, because of the experimental presentation, 75 minutes might be on the long side. Yeah. It's a short film, really, that was 75 minutes long. Yeah. Yes. All right. I wanted to look it up because for the longest time, it was hard to get a hold of. So I wanted to let the listeners know. I know you can buy the DVD. Oh, it had, like, super It had like super expensive editions when it first came out, like three-disc yeah. editions and stuff like that. I remember that. Yeah. Yep. You can buy this movie. Is this the same one? Colette Kenny McKenna, Anastasia Blue, because there's a couple movies called Flowers. So... What were the names you just said? I'm sorry. I said I said director yeah, Phil Col- Stevens. Col- Colette Kenny. Okay. Yeah. You can yeah. get this for uh, around eleven bucks on Barnes and Noble. So I think you can go online and buy the DVD. You can rent it for uh, I think like four dollars on YouTube and on like Google Play. So yeah, so I definitely it, recommend it, at least renting yeah. it to to check it out because it's 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 really an experience and I think they're trying to to find a uh, sequel. Nice. Well, he did Lung Two, did How? he not? But... Yes, he did Lung Two. Also, I haven't seen that. But, Lung. Uh, Two? Long two. L-U-N-G two. Two. Yeah. What's long one? I guess no? it's like zombie two. It's also oh, long. It? Long is also long two. Long two. I never heard of that. Except it doesn't have a like... guy fighting a shark. It has it has super smart dolphins in it. So you'll, <laughs> so you'll love it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, long two. Horror mystery thriller. Interesting. But there's no long one? Wow. No. Interesting. Okay. Well, hey. Uh, I guess we should rate this, huh? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Uh, all right, all right. I- I'll tell you what. I'm starting off the show with another another of the same rating, eight point five. Awesome. Yeah, and I I met seven point five. I'm right there with you, Dave. Eight point five. Nice. All right. Flowers. So far, in my opinion, two for two, Derek B. Okay. <laughs> now, now, what what are we getting into next? We got another Fulci. What are we gonna do? Let's do 1980s Contraband. Aha. See, this is perfect. This is the order in which I watch them. And, okay, go ahead. Also called The Smuggler. Cigarette smugglers in Naples run into problems with cocaine operations being set up by a rival smuggler. Okay. So, Dave, why did you have... Okay, yeah, go ahead. No clue. No clue. After five minutes... I, there was people on a boat, and then all of a sudden, eight more people came on a boat. They were showing both sides. I didn't know who was the good guys. I didn't know who was the bad guys, and I checked out like I do in action movies. That's uh, just what I do. That's just me. This, and this movie's fantastic. Yeah. This movie's fantastic. And I, Dave, don't Couldn't get me follow. wrong. I hate the fact Mitchell Fulci has a very lucid 
way of making his movies. And that's for sure. And this one, I I, I agree because you just get slammed into this boat thing, and then you're you it jumps scene to scene to scene. So I could see that. But the characters are great. The violence is amped up. This kind of reminded me. I thought that like Martin Scorsese and like Tarantino kind of ripped a page out of their like filmography from this film almost. Yes. Speaking of Tarantino, there was a character in this movie called Tarantino. Yeah, the the one good guy, the police officer, was Tarantino, was detective was a uh, Captain Tarantino or whatever, Chief Tarantino. But Luca's our main guy here. Yeah. And all these guys they're showing are, are are bad in the sense that they're contraband smugglers, but it's not until the main bad guy shows up and starts killing off each of like the crime bosses. This uh, what's his name? Uh, Mars Marsiglius. This guy starts killing everyone off to take over all the operations and run cocaine. That he really becomes the true bad guy. I was just thinking it was a revenge story because the one guy killed his brother, and then he just said, I'm going to go and well, avenge he, this death. He, he went to get revenge on the one guy who he thought it was, that Scarino guy, but it turns out that Scarino wasn't behind, and he tells him he wasn't behind. He even spares his life. He has his henchmen beat the crap out of him, but they spare his life, and from there it's you know figuring out that it was this other guy and his uh, – and his group and, you know, the reason why they're killing everyone off and, and building from there. And the violence in this is just insane. Yeah. It, 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 it's super yes. cool, but it is, it does jump around, Dave. I, I'll give you that. I love that one scene where the cops are busting everybody in the town and everybody's yeah. smuggling cigarettes. Everybody's smuggling cigarettes. And they pull that one guy out that's eating <laughs> spaghetti. And he won't even put down <laughs> his plate of spaghetti. spaghetti he, he's still eating the goddamn spaghetti as they're busting him out of the place. <laughs> I lost my fucking mind there. And I lost my mind where there's that one Italian guy. The, the um, they're, they're all saying goodbyes or whatever. And he, he they give each other the kisses on the cheek. But he, it, it's really creepily done because he kisses on one side, kisses yeah, on the other. Yeah, it's yeah, like, meet me at my house later. <laughs> I lost my mind. <laughs> That kind of that honestly hurts these films sometimes. The dubbing, yes, because these are really well made. This is a really well made film, but the dubbing sometimes makes it seem silly. But the, for me, the funniest line was when uh, towards the end, when Fabio Testi's character, who plays Luca, who's phenomenal in this, and we'll get into four of the apocalypse later. But when he goes to see the doctor to get stitched up, and and the doctor's like uh, shaking him down for money. He's yeah. like, you son of a bitch. He's like, I'm very happy you've met my mother. Yes. But I'm still going to need that money. I like, That's yes. Hilarious. Yes, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> and Lucio Fulci when... was one of the uh, one of the henchmen at the end, just shooting up bad guys. Really? Yeah. yeah. He popped up from behind a car, and he's blowing people away. I'm like, that's Fulci. Wow. That's cool. Wow. I'll tell you what. That one corpse looked just like a zo- like a zombie from the zomb- you know, from Zombie Two. Or pardon me, not Zombie Two. It's Dawn. But this Fulci zombie. The you know one that he drowned in the uh, sulfur pits. The one that was in that guy's house for some reason, and he showed it to him, and you would think that it looked a lot better, or because it would have yeah. been more fresh. But look, like it had been dead for months. It was weird. That was but because cool that was because he got killed <laughs> and and fell into the sulfur pits, and he kind of like boiled boiled in there. Oh, okay. See, I couldn't follow it. That, yeah. What you said, uh, Grimsby, about uh, <laughs> about the first about the first um, Fulci movie with the um, not being able to follow along and the dialogue and too much slow time and this and that. That was my experience with this. There was too much downtime for me. Too much dialogue that I really 
wasn't I checked out. You know, I, I just wanted to see see more kills. If you check and, out on this, so you gotta pay attention to like I was paying attention to like every name because it's one of those films where there oh. are a ton of characters. And I, yeah. I was into it. I was just like, okay, that's Scarino. He's the bad guy who Lucas suspects killed his brother. Wait, what's the brother's name? Let me write down the brother's name. Yeah, the brother was, was Mickey. It's way more convoluted. <laughs> you know? That's why you checked that. It reminded me of The Departed. Scorsese The Departed. I don't know why that was the film that I thought of, which I know was a remake of Infernal Affairs or, or whatever it may be. But that's what, yeah. lots of characters, a lot of back and forth, backstabbing, this, that, and the other thing. Pretty much you're focusing on mostly bad guys. And like it just... It, it, it was definitely a ride. I, I enjoyed it. I'm not saying it was fantastic, but it, it was definitely a lot of fun. I even, I mean, they even taken page out of uh, the Godfather here with, oh, with, yeah. with the brothers killing, you know, at the, at the police roadblock. Oh, that gets was out great. It was a great scene. I'll admit though, but I was laughing my ass off because, you know, just the way they act when they get shot like oh. 80 times. And then when he's falling off the cliff, I'm laughing my ass oh, off. But, it's like Fulton but decided it to shoot that from every possible angle and use every angle <laughs> in the edit. <laughs> you gotta literally show him falling down the cliff, landing, rolling into the water. I'm yeah. like, this is hilarious and awesome at the same time. And it's just, I don't know. It never let up. It was brutal. Yeah, that burning scene was great. That's oh, for sure. That was that was brutal. But like, just when you think a guy can't be any more despicable, he decides to blowtorch a girl's face off. And Jeremy oh. was in this. And Jeremy was in this. Really? We're yeah, he what? played he played a character named Alfredo who just did not want to sleep with that girl. <laughs> yeah. No, right. no, do not touch me. I do not want to do this. No, I'm scared. Yeah. Just leave me be. <laughs> and, then, and then they jumped out of that mattress, which blows up. That wasn't really filmed well. I thought a car came blasting through those doors because they didn't really show them hit the bed and it explode. They show them kind of go into the room and then all of a sudden the doors just got flying off the hinges. And you only find out later that the mattress was a bomb. Yeah, it, it could have been shot better, but, but it was effective in terms of showing it that it was meant for the other guy. But yeah. I knew, I knew very early on, I saw that twist coming. I, that was not a twist to me. I was able to, I was like, this guy's no damn good. He's in on this no matter what. He knew not to be in that bed because even references at the end. He's like, I, I sacrificed Alfredo. He was a good guy. But that, uh, that, that was Jeremy. No, <laughs> no, do not do this. Why? <laughs> take off his pants. Awesome. No, don't take off my pants. No. Actually, they were all in the room with the girls. And it was freaking I thought clean. he had a dick like the guy from Flowers or something like that. Was... <laughs> Maybe that's why. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, How about go, Bijou? <laughs> Bijou. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> it was good stuff, and I I flash back to the Sopranos because there was the fire and they showed the horse and then nothing happened. I thought it was gonna be another pile my situation like in the Sopranos, but they showed burning going on and they showed a horse and then they just kind of cut away and that was the end of it. I was like, what the hell is happening here? And they cut away and then I don't know what happened. Next thing I know, there's a funeral in the bay, and you see the Capos and Luca, and um, yeah, I don't what? know. Well, why is it anytime Luca decides to start running anywhere, that music kicks in? <laughs> it was like the same music. He he just started running. Sometimes he just ran from like one room to another, and that music would kick in. For it. Yeah, right. Fabio Frizzi too. Yeah, Fabio Frizzi did this and uh, for the apocalypse. Yeah, man. Yeah. See, at least they, see that's what Fulci did. He kept he kept the Italian style soundtrack and the Italian style gore, even though these aren't horror movies. And I have to respect that. I thought that 
when I first saw this, you know, and the idea of these movies and one's like a Western and one's like a fantasy and, and one's like this crime drama, I'm thinking, well, I hope these aren't going to be boring. They were still very Italian and they were still very Fulci is what I should say. You know? Yes, yes. They had they certainly yeah. had his touch despite being completely out of the genre that he's so well known for. Yeah, I have to appreciate that about it, you know. See, and I got done watching this and I was like I was like you with Conquest. I'm like, man, he should have made more of these crime thrillers and crime thrillers are not my thing. I'm not a huge mafia film fan. I've seen them all in there. They're amazing. I mean, The Godfathers are amazing films. Goodfellas are amazing films. They're not the films I go back to and watch over and over. But I watch this, and I'm like, man, I wish he had made more of these. Wow, interesting. See, I'm I'm comparing it to all my favorite mob movies and stuff like that. That's what I'm doing. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about The Sopranos. I'm thinking about The Godfather. I'm thinking about these things. They have they pop in my head for certain things for whatever reason throughout the film. But those to me are on, on a whole other level. But this is like another, it's like an Italian, almost, I don't want to say a giallo, but I don't know. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the giallo with the acting and the way the people look. And uh, sometimes when there's too much story that isn't necessary, I'm not talking about, and I'm not talking about our Genos giallos. I'm talking about others that I've seen that I just kind of sometimes check out of. That's what I get here. But it's not bad by any means. I think it's, it's fantastic. Just... You got to remember, this is low budget too. They actually had real uh, contraband smugglers contribute to this project because they really? ran out of budget very quickly on this. So they they actually there were real smugglers contributing money to it, and they were also wow. they also contributed to the title change and hmm. uh, and to to the whole project. So even though it's a compliment comparing it to those other great films, like they certainly did not have the budget that those had and certainly the dubbing doesn't really reflect the type of performances that I think are in this film because I think the performances are are good but sometimes it's silly like the guy kissing you know yeah. and and sounding all creepy you know that's Maybe it just doesn't play as well yeah just the dubbing <laughs> See, voice that's where we differ I like that that's the charm of the Italian movies to me I like that dubbing, and I like how, how the acting comes out. But you don't take it as seriously weird. as you do, like a like a Goodfellas. When you really like, I'm not saying it's as good as Goodfellas, but I'm just saying like there's really nothing that different about these films from the American ones, except for the dubbing, where it just sometimes doesn't match up, or or the tone yeah, of the but... dialogue doesn't match up with the uh, with the tone of the scene. Well, sure, but I mean, Deep Red is dubbed, and I th- that's a great movie. I'm not saying it's The Godfather, but <laughs> it's a freaking, it's a great giallo, and they, they dub in that movie. What about yeah, Suspiria? But, but you know how I feel about that? But giallos do that. Well, this is kind of, that's what I'm saying. This is Italian, and it's a mystery, and, and it's, well, not a mystery per se, but it's, it, it's a, it's a crime thriller. It, it's, I don't know. It's not a giallo, but it's the closest thing to a giallo because it's Italian and the way it's presented. To me, that's a that's what it reminds you of. But just not, I don't know. It doesn't. To me, that doesn't hurt it. Like if I would have loved everything about this movie and it was paced a different way, and I, I could follow along the way I would have liked to, it wouldn't have bothered me that the dubbing was that way. In fact, like I said, it might have added to the charm a little bit. I don't know, but that's just I'm the opposite. That's the only thing I could see being wrong with it because I see it as just as good a film as some of these classic um crime thrillers that were made you know during this time in the u.s except that the tone of the dialogue it you know because of the voices isn't matching up with uh you know the tone that like a, a de niro or a you know pacino oh, or you know, with the, like, 
But that's foreign that, film. It's true. And I'm, I'm, I kind of side in the middle, depending on the movie. Either subtitles are usually the way we would go, but there is a bit of a charm here. And so I can agree with Dave a little bit too. I'm not saying I, the movie is ruined because of that. I lost, I laughed my head off when that guy did the kissing and said, meet me at my house later tonight or, or whatever. <laughs> that, it is a charm. It's funny. Uh, I don't listen to Brandon. He's over there breathing through his belly button. Well, I'm, I'm practically <laughs> breathing through my belly button right now too. Uh, <laughs> does Fabio Tessi not look like Sean Connery to me? I, I just... But to me, it does. I don't know if, if you got that too. I it, he just reminded me of a Sean Connery type. I don't I know. Guess not. He's a, he's a handsome man, though. <laughs> he's okay with me. <laughs> no, I didn't get Sean Connery. I would. I didn't get Sean Connery either. I was just like, man, this is a nice looking Italian man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did get the the mannequin Reno's in the beginning though. Did you see those? <laughs> yeah. Well, now they were supposed to be mannequinos, right? <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. No, but they At are first, right. I like did. they. They, and then he, in the plot, they so, are, yes. But he guns them down again anyway. <laughs> yes, for fun. Yeah, that was good. He got pissed off because he had, he was had. He got he got tricked by him, you know? But that part was great because at first when it happened, I thought th- it was another mannequin arena situation when they were going to try to play it off as, you know, being dead bodies. It was like, oh, these are rubber dummies, the guy called them. <laughs> that, was a great, that was a great decoy. That was a great that's decoy that they had set right? up for it, for getting yeah. away. And, and, and then... The- <laughs> go ahead. No, the next scene, they go to a random disco. I was like, what are we watching? All of a sudden, they go into some freaking disco and they're dancing. And you see these guys with suits on. And then you see the girls dressed completely different, freaking half naked. Yeah, you see yeah, you see, you see, see her topless. You see Bush. Yes. I'm like, what is she? She's not wearing anything. She's on the dance floor. It was like the prom night scene. We're out of nowhere. It they was. Go to disco. I was like, what the hell am I? They <laughs> love disco in Italy. I guess so. <laughs> well, he was meet, he was meeting with one of the with the other boss with you know with his boss Perlanti, and I knew right from that scene. I was like, this guy's no damn good. And man, his death scene when uh, when his stroke gets shot out, oh, oh. absolutely oh. awesome. Yes, yeah. sir. <laughs> yes, absolutely sir. awesome. I loved it. And then, uh, of course, the one scene towards the end when the when the ambush happens, when they take down the bad guys, and Fulci uh, pops out at that scene. But the guy in the newspaper stand, he picks up, he flips up the uh, the metal uh, the metal door, and he shoots that guy in the gut, <laughs> and his guts mm-hmm. are falling out. Oh my god! Oh, man, just great violence, great violence. Yeah. How about that one death? Was it a screwdriver that he was stabbing him with? Remember when he was stabbing him? What the hell was he stabbing him with? And then, then he ended up falling off the freaking. Remember, uh, he thought, he said he, he, it was the first guy that he got. He thought he killed his brother, and he he stabbed him with the freaking the thing. He stuck it. I thought it was a screwdriver, but I blinked, and it might not have been. And he was digging it around in his freaking like his chest area. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was was like trying to like stab it into his heart? Yeah. What was that? Was that a screwdriver, or was it some? Was it some weird looking knife? Not sure what it was. It looked like some sort of screw or something. A screw? Yeah, <laughs> a little screw. He, he had a screw loose. <laughs> he was trying to put it back in. <laughs> a screwdriver, I'll give you. Not a screw. Imagine that. <laughs> it's just a freaking It screw. wasn't a screwdriver. It looked like a metal, like a long metal screw that he was just like trying to like dig in. Like a nail. Like a nail. Yeah, like a, like a, if you had like something to measure food with, like a, a turkey thermometer. But a That's what one. it was. It was a turkey thermometer. He was trying to impregnate <laughs> him like, uh, like in, uh, what's, don't breathe. <laughs> Okay, not turkey baster, not not a thermometer. Was, okay, I have was, never seen Thanks Killing, but did somebody 
attempt to kill him or did he attempt to kill somebody with a turkey thermometer? <laughs> I'm asking a serious question. I never saw Thanksgiving. See? Did you see it? No. Well, if they didn't do that, shame on them. That's a big missed opportunity. But I digress. <laughs> I don't know. What else do we have about this film? I mean, I just I, – the serious parts were really quite – quite unsettling especially towards the end when he gets the phone call and he has to listen to what's going on with his wife and uh, you know the way he uh the scene with his son the way he disappears his son with the carousel you know and then oh that was good that was really cool really well done and you know like that's you know moments like that it's like okay this is a serious film yeah we laugh at some of these parts but man this was a really well-made film i i'm shocked at how much i like this nice totally shocked i was i was too my least this was my least anticipated of the three Fulchies. And there, there's there's a little bit more comedy when, like at the end with the big shootout. Like those guys are popping out of every which way. Like that one guy, you'll open up open up that little like newsstand, shot people, and then close the newsstand. I thought that, that was, was great. A, That's the yeah. thing I was talking about where he blew the guy's guts out. That yeah. was, I love that. I uh, love that. It just gets amped up. There, I You guys were talking about something, and, and then you get one on, and I forgot what I was going to say now. Uh, shit. We were talking about the turkey baster and uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the guy being stabbed with a screw or a screwdriver. Um, what else? What else was he saying? Uh, fine. I've, talking I've about the, now, the kid so. in the carousel. It was before all that, but I, uh, it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's obviously not that important. Yeah. Coming from you, no. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I even like the way it. I even like the way it ends, where where these films like they don't have like a conclusive ending. Yeah, that story's ending, but like everything just continues on. Like the last scene is just like. This head, this head mafia boss getting into the car and just driving off, and it's like, it's almost left ambiguous what happened to Luca's character. I mean, you know he's alive, but you know, is he in hiding from the police? Is he with his wife and his kid again? Like, what's going on? Like, you don't really know. What about all that screaming towards the end? That was some serious freaking screaming going on. Oh, oh man, wow. brutal scene. Wow, brutal. Yeah, yeah, that was serious. It was almost like the ending of freaking Tenebrae, you know, with the screaming. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. What do you got, C? Did you remember what you had? No, I can't remember. (laughs) You got a sick brain, poor guy. What are you going to (laughs) do? He's got a case of them bad legs. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a case of them bad brains. (laughs) That's a band, bad brains. (laughs) Nice. Well, should we rate this sucker? Do it. I'll I'll go first. I'm really high on this. I loved it. Nine out of ten. Holy shit, you loved it. I really did. This was fantastic. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what. You talked me up a little bit, uh, enough to, enough that I would give it another chance. Maybe the mood will strike me better uh, on another view, and maybe it just wasn't happening for me that day, and I checked out too early, and it just kind of screwed with the experience. So I'm, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to come up a little bit. I was at a 6. I'm going to come up to a 6.5. Oh, cool. There. And I'm at uh, 7.5. This guy. Nice. Nice. Fucking Switzerland over here. What? Seven point five. Seven point five. I agree with I agree with both of you. <laughs> was he seven point five all night? Am I right? Yeah, I feel like he's been seven point five. Oh, no, Flowers was seven point five. This was seven point five. Conquest was six. You fucking skunks. <laughs> there he is. He's back. He's yeah. back. Good brain. All Took right. you pissing me off to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Woo-hoo. 
<laughs> All right, let me read a couple questions here, and then we'll take a, a break, and then we'll finish up. Let's see. Wow, somebody said a bad word. Oh, okay, that was the wrong the wrong thing. Okay. Be in the 22 shots page. Just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> No, oh, wow, now, now, now the questions are flying in, so they might not be serious anymore. Here, this is a fun one. If you could erase only one decade from horror, from the 1960s till present, which one would you erase? It's got to be the 1990s because... No question. Yeah, it's just out of the options I've got. I want to keep the 60s, I want to keep the 70s, I want to keep the 80s. Got to keep the 2000s and the 2010s, obviously. <laughs> I like how he explained the reason why he's eliminating the 90s is because he wants to keep every other decade. <laughs> it's I fucking true, though. hate it. it, is no, true. it, it, it I'm, I totally agree with him. But it, I know. I, I mean, there was no real reason for my follow-up there. To be I love it, but... though. I, oh, yeah, I have it, it's clearly the 90s. Yeah. Did you have a reason? Or no? It's you don't gonna, need yeah, one. <laughs> no, there's just... I mean, all the, all the huge classics, my favorite films of all time stem from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and from, you know, the 2000-plus era, era. You know, when I think sure. of the 90s, I think of films, you know, like like Candyman, like Scream, and I love those films. I'm sure. high on them. Sure, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. yeah, Silence of the Lambs, I always talk, is one of my favorite horror films, if people count mm-hmm. it as horror, yeah. if not my favorite. And uh, But still, if you got rid of those, you're still left with just an overwhelming choice of of classic movies where if you got rid of any one of the other decades you'd you'd lose out on a lot yes there's just not as much uh a lot of the beginning of it sucks except for a few gems and then scream came along and then after scream meh uh, not really and then blair witch maybe later i mean but i mean no uh and i'm going to be doing the 90 series with with podcasts under the stairs and i'll I'll be talking about some more i'm going to be doing 96 and 97 i'll be watching some of those movies and i'll be at the round table at the end so 90s horror is going to be, you know, I'm going to be seeing more of it in, in the very near future. But I just, yeah, I have to get rid of it. Oh, for fun. This is from Jill. Which <laughs> film title best describes your sex lives? <laughs> Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Less, less than zero? Wow. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Is this is this Brandon or Jeremy over here? <laughs> That's not a size reference. That's a. Uh... <laughs> I know that you're okay. <laughs> Best describes my sex life, huh? Hmm. Let me look around here. Hmm. Clash of the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> what were you looking at? That do you have a Clash of the Titans poster? Ooh, I thought for sure he'd go scream, Blackula scream. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, I, uh, mine, uh, mine's not even a film title. Mine's a TV title. Just married with children. <laughs> His sex life. Hmm. All right. Jesus. I can dig it. Yeah. I can dig it. Okay. All right. Uh, what horror corpses. film do you throw on for a boy's? That's a thousand corpses. That's a great answer. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. What horror film do you throw on for a boy's night in for people who don't watch horror? What? A Boy's Night In, a horror film for people who don't watch horror. I don't even know if I could answer that. If you, you know don't what? Watch- I'll answer one I recently watched with a buddy of mine who, who likes some of the horror films that, that I've shown him. I've shown him only ones that are rated super high. He has not been a huge lover of Tenebrae. He liked Deep Red. He did not like Trick or Treat at all. Wow. But, but he absolutely loves like films like The Thing. 
That's certainly one of my choices. And the other one, a film I showed him recently that he was blown away by, VHS 2. Good wow. film to throw on. Wow. Interesting. I like what you said about, uh, what did you say before VHS? The Thing. The, the thing, thing would definitely yeah. work, I think, to show. Because you don't want to show him like a slasher it just wouldn't work, and well, and it's and funny that heavy. you want you want to almost go the classy route to say like, you know, I know horror gets a bad rap. Check this out, because if you throw on Friday the Thirteenth, they might just be like, well, this is reinforces everything I heard about it. I'm just right. Generally speaking, of course, because and I so I agree. The thing would be a, a great example. Maybe Rosemary's Baby, unless they don't like older films. Good answer, though. Rosemary's Baby is, that's a good one. I don't know. I don't even know what I would throw on just for, for someone that doesn't watch horror normally. I don't know, maybe from Dust Till Dawn? I, yeah, I can't believe I was thinking that. That's awesome. Really? I really was. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, that might work. You know, maybe The Craft? I don't know. That, that's what I could go with, I guess. That Boys Night In, not Girls Night In. You mother. Yeah, I'm kidding. I love The Craft. You know I love The Craft. All right, all right. And now we'll, we'll stop. All we'll right, end all it right. right now. We'll stop. <laughs> we'll do this one more from Watson, just because it's Watson. All right. Did Christian and Brandon get jealous as hell when Dave Z started a new show with Watson from Horror Corridor? I already oh, answered. Christian answered. He did. He said, yes. <laughs> he already answered. I'm more offended by the anti-Jewish propaganda in the title. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I love Jews. <laughs> I love Jew, you especially Jew. Jew. Especially <laughs> Jew, you Jewy Jew. Okay, serious question: Is there a horror film that you rate highly but really have no desire to rewatch? Funny Games and Eden Lake. That's two fair. films, two films that are terrific. I'll never, I'll probably never watch again, unless I have to review them. Man, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I can answer that. I think. I think I would rewatch everything. Those even then, the I really I can't watch them. They're 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 exhausting mentally. To watch they really upset me that much damn i don't uh, think i have a movie like that really that you love eh? that's the that's the kicker that we had to love it you have rated high at least rated high but you're not gonna watch it again yeah i don't know if i have one of those either yeah yeah like i'm not in a, in a, in a real rush to watch irreversible again but i think i will just for the gimmick of, of it being irreversible just of the, you know what I mean. The, that's another. That's another good choice because it's such a fantastic film, but it's not an easy watch. No, it's not, particularly for one scene. Yeah, but, but Megan still. is missing. Oh, Megan is. You rated high, huh? I, I, I was real. I I was really enjoyable, but I was like, I'm like, I you're like, we should show you should everybody should show their kids this movie. I'd be like, I don't know if I could. I think it would it would just scar right. my. <laughs> I know. I know. Maybe uh, maybe like a an edited version of it, I think. I'm surprised at, at some of the hate for that film because I feel People. like that's – I mean, I, I'm i not judging it. Of course, you're allowed to dislike it. I'm just surprised because I find it to be a very, uh, a very good film and a very tough film to watch as well. Yes, it is. I, I, I don't know. It's weird though. I, I like to revisit that one. I've seen it like four times. Yeah, it's I'm weird. A, a lot of pe- a lot of people reference um, The Girl Next Door as well. And Oof. Y- y- even though one. that's – even yeah. though that's extremely disturbing, I, I would watch that one again. I'd rewatch all of them again. I always go back to to Funny Games and uh, Eden Lake only because they present themselves as films that uh, that are heading in one direction, and then you're just gut punched, you know, at the end. Whereas some of these other films that we're talking about, 
you get a sense of dread from the very beginning, so you're almost sort of uh, anticipating it. Red, White, and Blue is another one. Oh, that's a really good film. That's that's really tough to 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 watch. I haven't seen it. You should see it. It's it's terrific film. Not an easy watch. I'll get to it. There's some disturbing films that I know are disturbing that I haven't watched yet. That's one of them. That uh, we need to talk about. Kevin is another one. I've never seen that, but I've uh, heard it's disturbing. Film. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's a good, good film. Yeah. It's good. I don't. I don't find it as disturbing like, as yeah. some of those. It's upsetting. Yeah. I don't know if it's a disturbing. Yeah. yeah, and you know me, I like to watch things a second time anyway. So even if I watch something and I rated it high and it, w- it was disturbing, I still want to give it that second view. Like the famous movie, freaking uh, what's that freaking uh, movie? Um, Serbian film. I saw it once, thought it was much better than I was anticipating. It was well, so well made. I was like, wow, this is not what I was thinking it was going to be. And knowing what I know now, I'd like to go back and watch it again because it wasn't it's, nearly as bad as I thought it was going to well, be. Well, that's the thing. It's it's too well made for it to be shocking, to be on the level of disturbing that, that some of these other films are. I mean, right. yeah, it, it probably has maybe the most shocking stuff in it, but it's just so well made that you can tell this is just, you know, a, a fictional story. Right, and the thing that I was supposed to be so turned off to was almost like a non-entity. Like, they didn't even show what happened, and it looked so fake that it did nothing for me. Yeah, they show it for like three seconds in the uncut version, if that, oh, and, and it's completely unnecessary. Okay. Even. It's it's almost more disturbing, just the implication of it, rather than seeing it, because like you said, it does look fake. The implication is disturbing, but I already knew what it was going yeah. in. So when I saw that happen, I was like, okay, here we go. And I'm sitting there almost getting ready to squirm in my seat. And then I'm like, okay, that's Christian, a fake looking thing. Pull your pants back up. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that film. And we don't see, you hate it, huh? Yeah. I, I just that's think fair? it, I think it's, I understand what the, the director has, has argued about. It, it was, you know, uh, what they're going through and the, the censorship of the country and this, that, and the other thing. But I think the film itself is just shock for shock's sake. I, I have not listened to Watson's dissertation on it, though. Oh, maybe that'll help you. Who knows? I, I was okay with it. Like I said, I saw it once. It was better made than I thought it was going to be, so that all Im- immediately impressed me. And then I saw what I saw. The ending was the thing that really got me. Oh, the ending. Oof, yeah. Brutal. <laughs> for sure. For sure it is. But, I mean... I don't know. I would watch it again. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to purchase it or anything like that. Okay. What do you guys want to do? Take a quick break, come back, and do a couple more and get out of here? Sure. Sounds good. Okay. See you guys uh, in two and two. Boom. We're back. Let's do this. We're going to try to uh, not be on too much longer. Christian is under the weather. I'm tired. He's tired. Brandon, are you tired? He took he took a nighttime suppository and now his yeah. ass is falling asleep. <laughs> Which is just uh, an ice cube in the butt. <laughs> I like the cool <laughs> sensation of ice. Okay, let's talk about the cell. No, the cell. The cell? Yeah, yeah, the cell. That's what it's called. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah the, the cell, cell from from 2000. An FBI agent persuades a social worker who is adept with a new experimental technology to enter the mind of a comatose serial killer in order to learn where he has hidden his latest kidnap victim. I saw this Second, in the theater with my wife when we were just dating. And it was uh, when I came out of that theater, I'm like, that was great. I I love the fact that it was like kind of an open canvas. It's, it's funny because we're talking about flowers and the nightmarish Im- imagery there. 
And here we have like a Hollywood kind of nightmarish imagery here. This one doesn't quite hold up as well. And I'm not just talking about the, from the CGI morphine effects. I'm talking about this one. I don't want to use the pretentious word, but this one leads into areas that I'm not, I don't quite necessarily 100% agree with the vision, but overall I still thoroughly enjoy this movie. I was the complete opposite. When I saw, I, I have vague memories, but I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theaters in 2000. That was the only other time I saw it. And I was bored out of my mind. Wow. Bored out of my mind. And watching it this time, I'm saying to myself, I'm saying, what the hell is wrong with me? I should have enjoyed every second of this when it was on the big screen. Cause this is fantastic. Yeah. I, like there's Ooh. some of the, some of the imagery. Oh, wow. Dave, what go. I, that man threw me off there for a second. Go uh, 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 no, 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 no. The man was more the for man. the boy. <laughs> it was the kind of both. Okay. No, 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 no. Me saying man was, was for two reasons. Uh, bored you out like of my men? mind is a strong statement <laughs> and, and fantastic is a strong statement. That's all. But it was more for bored out of my mind. I was like, wow. Well, bored you know, I was mind. I was twenty yeah, when this came boring? out. I just it's I was bored. That's I mean, you could bored not, looking at Jennifer Lopez. I w- I could just watch this movie with the sound off, j- just to watch how good she looked in this film, and, and been okay with that. To be honest with you, and we had the Vince Vaughn Nation. <laughs> yeah, we had VVN represent, and uh, the Vince D'Onofrio Nation. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Double Vinces so for everyone. <laughs> Double Vinces. No, better than, yeah, man. That's what terrific, I got the other night. <laughs> terrific cast. Terrific cast in this film. A lot of a lot of recognizable names. Really good performances. And this director, he didn't do a lot of horror films. I think this was the only horror film he did. And he did a film called The Fall, like about six years later after this, which is the only other film by him that I saw, but had a very similar visual aesthetic that I really like. And I, I, I mean, I didn't have any issues. I mean, I get what you're saying with, with, maybe not holding up as well as, you know, after almost 20 years, but I, I did think it was, it was pretty, pretty beautiful to look at and, and nightmarish at times. And, uh, well, that's it. You but, know, the- but to what means, whereas flowers, I feel like there actually could be meaning as, or there actually could be, there is meaning behind it. I'm not sure there is always meaning behind this. And I, and I, I know that that's, I'm not the director, so I don't know what the intent was, but I feel like it was a blank canvas. I could throw whatever I kind of want on here and you just have to buy it. But I don't know if everything means something here all the time. Yeah, I I don't, I honestly don't know if if you could pause every scene where, you know, it's a, you know, a nightmare visual and, and kind of, um, analyze each individual item in the scene. I think it's more for, you know, shock value and just aesthetics. So yeah. I, I agree with you there. But I did feel, and I, I know Dave, I think Dave, you like this show, but certain scenes in The Nightmares, particularly the one with the horse, reminded me so much of Hannibal when it was on TV. Yes, especially what happened to the horse in that one yeah. scene. It was, was great, and it was definitely, Hannibal took did the same thing. Yeah, with the yes. uh, yeah, I was like, wow, this is like visually like what Hannibal felt like at times, and I was just like, I I, I dig that because that show was fantastic, and so yeah, I was oh, really yeah. I was really digging a lot of this, but I definitely see what you're saying too, Christian. I liked being there in that realm. I wish, I wish we would have had fifty percent more in that realm and fifty percent out of the freaking the real world. Oh, I, so I, I love the real world of- for me. I love both. And you know what? For such a, let's face it, kind of silly premise, they sold you on it. Yeah, I, I actually sure. thought, it, like, that's what a good movie, 
okay, if you're going to give me something silly, make me buy into it. And I bought well, it. Like, I bought well, it. Like face off. This had elements of Nightmare on Elm Street, elements of, like, Dreamscape. I, I mean, it's it was weird. Like, yeah, it is silly, but, like, I almost watched it and, like, accepted it because we like those other types of films. So it's it didn't seem, like, super far-fetched. And I like the idea that, you know, this technology works one way and, and the big, uh, you know, huge um, question mark is whether or not to reverse it and to bring these people into into her mind, into Jennifer Lopez's character's mind. And and that's, you know, the big question with uh with, with dealing with, with with the patient she's dealing with at the beginning, the kid with schizophrenia, and then with dealing with uh Carl's character, the serial killer. Well you know, this is kind of like one of those early nineties horror movies, but in two thousand. You know what I'm saying? Like the those like virtuosity except, or whatever that was called. And... Not not so much that. I mean because in this movie they added the trippy visuals and stuff like that, but I'm talking more about those psychological thriller type horror movies when somebody's trying to track down a serial killer in, in different ways, you know. Which I like loved, a, to be honest. I do too. I, I I love them too. But and I, I'm not complaining. I'm not knocking the film. I'm just making the comparison. It's weird that this was made in 2000. It has that feel of an early 90s uh, catch a killer type movie. It, 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 does, it does, right? It, but. But it also yeah. has, but like I said, I feel like it also has, uh, you know, like that Nightmare on Elm Street 80s feel. And it also has like later saw feel to it, you know, with the uh, with the way he's killing his victims, which is absolutely horrifying. The scene where they're watching the video, it's just like really unsettling. And uh, again, the, 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 the nightmarish visuals that are similar to, to Hannibal. So I felt like it was a, a nice mix of a lot of things. And I certainly enjoyed it a lot more this time around. I was pleasantly surprised. I definitely liked it. I'm not saying I didn't like it. Um, you know, I, I liked being in that realm, and the story was was fine. I was on I was on board with it. Once again, I'm going to repeat myself and say I need to watch this a second time. It's it's, it's going to be a second view to see what's going to happen with me. It, it could jump up on the second view, but. You know, when it started, I was a little unsure. They're in a desert. And I'm like, what the hell is happening here? And the music. Well, I don't yeah. know. And, the director is Indian, yeah. so he brings kind of like the culture to the, the, the film. It was seen like Jennifer Lopez and kind of like the Nundi outfit and, and everything. Uh, I just thought some of that was a little over the top. I just, some of it. Yeah, I, I was having none of that. that, that <sighs> that's, that's, a, that's a hard habit to break. <laughs> no one's gonna know that one, but I, I, I almost hope it. I die from this cold. <laughs> <laughs> so do we. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope I do. You'd be like, oh my god. Oh god. The I'm death so curse dope. continues. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. But the trippy visuals are great, and J Lo in those outfits. I don't know. I kind of liked it. I kind of liked all that 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 whacked out stuff. And, and when she later on, when she's all in red with the lipstick on and all that, and yeah, I felt I felt like those rubber suits and stuff were a little ridiculous. But yes, I, they I, were. I like I like the concept behind you know the uh, the technology. So so I was on board with it, but I felt like some of the costuming was just a little too elaborate at times. But it was. It but was. It, doesn't, it didn't affect the story, so so I didn't care. It was nice and colorful, though. I, I dig it that was. stuff. It was, and that's that's the style of this director. And I can only compare it to the one other film of his that I saw, but that was the style that's visually very colorful and dreamlike, and and almost 
grandiose type. The only other one I saw was the Immortals, and that wasn't without its charm. But again, a lot of style over substance. And I'm not saying this one's style over substance, because I actually like the substance of this movie. The Immortals was a little bit more uh, uh, flaky, if I uh, going by memory, because I only mm-hmm. saw it once. There is a great shot of Jennifer Aniston. Uh, Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> Jennifer mm, Lopez. Don't ass. you dare. Jennifer Lopez's ass. Uh, by the fridge? Movie. When she's oh. by the fridge smoking? Yeah. Or so, Boom. Yeah. There, I just wanted to go to town on that dumper. Uh, usually ah. I don't make comments like that, but it, like, ah. I was just like, wow, that that is I'm better, glad. the best visual in the movie. <laughs> she does look phenomenal. She, she's gorgeous. She's stunning. And she's, she looks one. exactly the same 20 years later, which is insane. She does still look pretty rocking. Yeah. But uh, one of the cool visuals was when they're in the, when he's, she's in the, uh, in Carl's dream world, when she sees his victims and they're almost like these automatons. Like these robotic, nightmarish, like uh, like doll-like creatures of themselves. Yeah, the whole doll thing. Yeah, they were like dolls, but they were also like wind-up dolls. So it was like yes. it was very creepy and unsettling. And I just, oh man, I was really on board with this. Yeah, man, and that water tar- torture. Oh, yeah, dude. and the bleaching of the bodies. Like that's where the real life stuff was. It was just as intriguing to me like i love that serial killer stuff and how they track him down and how one little lead could possibly you know crack the case uh so there was there was a lot of good shit here and it was like i looked at my imdb rating from way back in the day and i and i had it at an eight and i don't know if i'm quite at an eight now but like i said it was something about it like sorry I'm, i'm choking on my own rage here the uh the presentation of the story, the unfolding of the story was very intriguing. I, I, I thought they did that part well because it could easily have been all about that. I want, I was going to say virtual reality world, but I mean the, the mind trip shit. And it's not all about that. It's a tool to vessels part of the movie, but it's not all about that. They, I think they, they, they kind of blend the two perfectly. Yeah, they focused a lot on the characters outside of that nightmarish world as well and really humanized them rather than just showing, you know, Vince D'Onofrio as this monster. And they did a good job with that, even in the dream world, showing him as a little boy, you know, right before he becomes, you know, what triggers this, you know, this behavior that ultimately leads him down this path. Yeah. So I I like that. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that. Sorry, Brady. You get to see that dog as a pup in the memories. Yeah. That's a cute dog. Well, how well trained was... is he? He actually helps with the kidnapping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by faking being hit yeah. by the car. Yeah, that was that was impressive. How did he like what did he jump into the car? Like they should have shown him know. actually like doing a header into the car. Like, oh damn it. <laughs> he was trained well though, man. That was good stuff. No, but that was good for the investigative and police, you know, procedural part of it, you know, connecting, you know, the the albino dog hair and mm-hmm. and, you know, the plating from the uh, the the torture chamber. That's in, it. Uh, yeah. And it's, you know, so, they, you know, it was every I feel like there was great attention paid to detail with this. And I just I appreciated that. And the performances, I mean, D'Onofrio, even before this, he's always been a very underrated actor. He's a very, very good actor and and i don't think people appreciate him enough but uh and this was just another one of those performances where he's terrific and and jennifer lopez is really good as well and i enjoyed vince vaughn as too i mean vince vaughn seems to be like the same character in every movie but but i like him 
No, everybody was good in this. Yeah. Everybody was good yeah. in this. And like some of the imagery, like I said, I don't know what, really what it means or if it's just supposed to look super cool. But like where, where they're in the room where it looks like it's all this big curtain and he walks out and the curtain room is attached to the uh, those to the, the, the metal hooks back. metal hooks in his back and it pulls yeah. the curtains on, on sort of unleashing the room, so to speak. That is super cool. Great visual. Cool. Great idea. But like I said, I don't know if, if there's any meaning behind it. Well, I think just a simple connection with that was they talk about the type of uh, schizophrenia he has. I forgot what they called it. I wrote it down. Wheelan's infraction. Wheelan's infraction, they called it. And they say like one of the things that soothes these type of patients is this idea of floating. So that's why he was hooking himself up to these hooks and, and getting that sensation of floating. So it was just sort of like this grand nightmarish visual of him, you know, hooked up to this giant room where he's basically floating in. Yep. Ah, man. Th- that stuff is good. Oh, my God, I got scared. I thought Christian died. He, like, went silent for like, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, I killed him. I was just like, you fucking done talking yet. <laughs> How about those? In- <laughs> I am very chatty tonight. Oh, I'm talking no. to please. I love We're it. taking turns. We're taking turns. Absolutely. Like, like always. How about those intestines? That was some shit with Vince. Oh, great scene. Dude, yeah. Again, another, another one right. of those scenes where he has to like convince himself that it's not real. Very like Nightmare on Elm Street-ish. Yeah. I guess because yeah, getting in there, it fucks with your head and you and you get lost. Uh, great. And like having a star, have his, his, uh, uh, a pair of scissors jabbed into his belly, have the killer kind of play around with it and pull out an intestine and then hook it up to this little crazy like rotisserie rot- uh, device. It's kind of <laughs> rotisserie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, nice. it was. It was really cool. I will say one thing. I felt like the la- after, like it, it builds to its you know ultimate crescendo, and then it, it you know resolves itself. It's really well done. And then I felt like there was like an extra three minutes tacked on that felt very anticlimactic. I actually said, you know what? I'm very emotionally invested in this. I felt emotional connection to the characters so that when she's sort of baptizing or, or putting to rest the little boy version of Vincent D'Onofre, I forgot his, his character's name, uh, in, oh. in, in, into the water and um, they're finding the girl and releasing her from the water and everything. It built, it, that was such a great build. It was great. And I think they just needed that, you know, the the aftermath of finding out that by by doing this for the serial killers, she feels that that will be the way to connect with this other boy, as well. Oh no, I love I love all that. I just felt like the, uh, the the final scene of you know her meeting up with Vince Vaughn again, and you know the the farewells they give it to each other just felt anticlimactic and almost didn't make much sense. Like, why did they have to say goodbye to each other? Yeah, like I- like clearly there was like. I mean, I'm not saying they had to fall in love, but clearly there was there was something building there, and then all of a sudden it just was just like goodbye and a hug, and that's it. I was just, but everything you mentioned in terms of connecting, you know, the drowning with with the finding of the girl was fantastic. That's what I'm talking as that huge ultimate finale. Yeah, I felt yeah. like that's where it like almost should have ended. Yeah, I could see that, but you know, in a way, I'm kind of glad that it ended the way it did because it's not typical. Yeah, no, I I get you know? that, and uh, you know what I can, I, but there was nothing like in the story that said it had to be this atypical ending. I didn't want mm. it to necessarily be typical, but it just felt like 
downbeat almost when it was more of a hopeful film the way it concluded and ultimately what she learned about you know herself and what she learned about the technology that she was using and that she was able to reverse it and that it would you know help out uh help out the little boy in the end that's true they did achieve what they wanted to on, on a personal level so yeah. it had that, that going for it i mean maybe just they didn't a, want... a, a minor quibble i mean it no doesn't... i feel you maybe they didn't want it to end too happy because they achieved what they wanted to achieve yeah. it was just such so... a like a massive like like roller coaster ride in that in that final act and then all of a sudden it's just like goodbye goodbye it's like what? I, I, don't yeah, know. I, I, I think that I thought it was fine. I think they needed some sort of bridge to to sort of figure out what was happening with them. I thought they did that well with why is she here? That's a little crazy. She's like he's she's keeping the dog. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's all crazy or whatnot. And then before she goes back into the dream world again to 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 connect with the boy, they needed something in there. I I mean I know where you're going with it, but I actually had no problem with it. Yeah, that's right. That was before she goes back into the to the dream world. So it was actually not even the very end. It was like the three minutes between the Carl conclusion and the, and the dream sequence. So they needed, I guess a little transition. Yeah. Before, yeah. before she goes back to the other boy. That yeah. was great. It was good. It wasn't it was great. exactly, it was good. you know, it was great. It was good. It was great. It was good. It was all right. It was bad. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I really enjoyed it, man. I'll tell you what, I really like, this is, this to me is like, a new film that I would say like is underrated. Yeah, I can see that too. You know what? I I, I talked myself back up to. I said I rated it an eight way back when I was going to come just a little bit lower, but no, I'm going to stick it at an eight. Yeah, I'm I'm exactly the same score, solid eight out of ten. No, well, I'm at a seven, but I'm anticipating a second view. Right now, awesome. I'll stay with seven. Yeah, yeah, not not a bad movie. There hasn't been a bad movie tonight. Well, I don't know, you guys. Maybe the conquest was bad. Well, I don't know. You, you got you got me wanting to go back and see it now. To, I want to see what you saw. Yeah, hey. Maybe this time you will. But uh, now this is going to be the tiebreaker because somebody was really high on conquest, and then you guys weren't, and then you guys were kind of high on the other one, and I wasn't. Now what's going to happen when we talk about for the apocalypse? This is. Uh, I'm curious. I'm what curious. indeed? <laughs> what indeed? Grimsby. Grimsby. All right. Four of the Apocalypse. Directed by Lucio Fulci. Four petty criminals, three men and a woman, wander through the trackless terrain of the wild west Utah and are hounded by a sadistic bandit. Another movie that kind of took me by surprise. First yeah. off, I'll say there was some. We we're talking about conquest. About them rowing a boat, going here, going <laughs> there. This movie is literally the trials and tribulations of these four people. And you're either along for the ride or you're going to check out real early. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> Woohoo! Wow. Wow. Damn. Well, wow. I thought you, were, you, I thought you were, when you were talking about rowing the boat, I thought you were going to talk about the three or four musical interludes that we had in this movie. Again. When they Tarantino, I think, took a page out of this for Django Unchained. I, I, I saw. I said Tarantino earlier. Tarantino was for this movie. Scorsese was for uh, Contraband. For, I, I just when I, while watching it, that's what I was thinking, and I got a very Django Unchained feeling of like putting Jim Croce's "I Got a Name." It, Great while they're fucking song. Yeah, I love that song. I love 
That's a great I song. Got a name. It's Grimsby. I thought maybe the song here was a little. The croaking toad. I've got a name. I thought the song here was maybe a little too literal to <laughs> what was going on. But well, but the song was, was like cool. called one of the yeah. songs was called Bunny. <laughs> it's literally singing about Bunny. <laughs> but no, it, I it's, like the music though. Again, all the characters are great. Great acting amongst the crew. Uh, you get introduced to them quite well. There's there's an opening or a fairly open, yeah, pretty much right at the beginning shootout that comes out of nowhere that ends up having these uh, four sort of being released and you're just kind of on their journey for the movie. Like that's what this movie yeah, that is. Was that was a shocking beginning. Yeah, it was. People get was lynched sh- like boom. It, it's crazy. I, Did you guys not like this? Like the cinematography of this was amazing. Yes. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Fabio Testi. I feel like I'm 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 like blowing it. And you guys don't seem to be. I don't know what it is. Like I don't don't know what to expect. I've not. I admittedly am not a western fan. I haven't seen many westerns in general. And spaghetti westerns, forget about it. Like I haven't seen. Uh, I've seen next to nothing. So I really enjoyed this because it it wasn't a traditional, quote unquote, western to me. I'm shocked you love it, but I'm also thrilled you loved it because I absolutely loved it as well. Nah. I, yeah, nice. I I uh I thought this was phenomenal. I thought these four characters were terrific. I love Lynn Frederick. She's in uh she was in uh Vampire Circus, which she's anyone who listens to the seventies oh, oh she's she's stunning. She was married to Peter Sellers, she died very young, but she yeah, was Yeah, I read she, all about her. She was, she was freaking stunning and yes, uh she was the way this film is set up with with all the uh all basically the i don't want to say villains but all the um uh how, how, what's the word i'm looking for cuz it's it's basically the the purity of of the town rising up and killing all the uh you know outlaws? the gamblers yeah all the outlaws are being killed off at the beginning and they're the four who are ultimately spared by being put in the drunk tank overnight and then they're sort of like uh released and you know just wandering aimlessly you know looking for the next town or you know looking for a future that they don't know you know if it even exists for them at this point because you know they're just lost and wandering aimlessly and uh man the character development for each of them is really really well done and some interesting choices yeah man i'll say this i when i began this particular podcast and prior to this particular podcast, I've said it. You know, people have heard me say that I'm not a fan of westerns. I never watched any westerns. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I have watched now <laughs> three horror westerns and four, if I, if I really want to go back to the day and not realizing it, and then a couple other westerns, and I'm yet to watch one that I haven't enjoyed yet. So. Yeah. Maybe there is no. I think C said something about this is not your um your typical western. I don't know if there is such thing as a typical western. I just because they're all kind of different, but they're all they're all westerns. But like they don't have a setup like I thought. It isn't all just shoot 'em up and horses and cowboys and Indians. It isn't what what I imagined. It, it's it's stories that are interesting and it's a lot less action than I anticipated. Yeah. it's almost like so. It's, it's more it's more drama. Than action, these movies. Yeah, that, that I've it, can, it, it certainly can be. Like if you look at like a classic western, like High Noon, definitely not driven by action and more so by you know character study and build up. And then you have films like you know 
Magnificent Seven, which is, you know, or the Wild Bunch, which is more, you know, you know, huge shootouts and stuff like that. But again, also great character films, but there's definitely, I don't feel like, I, I feel like you're right when you say there's no typical setup for it. No, apparently or structure. not. Right. And this is what I've discovered with all these ones that I've watched. And once again, I enjoyed this. I, I like, and I like this one. This one mixed them both very well. Great character development. When there was action and violence, it was typical Fulci violence. And, and you know, I actually read an article where somebody was complaining that some of the uh, the gore and the violence detracted from the film. Where I, I don't necessarily agree with that. No, but, but it's not. It's unusual for someone that just watches westerns to see that. I would. Think. Yes, it's, you know, especially it's, at this time period. Yes, and particularly with 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 one scene in particular where it almost felt where it almost became horrors when they showed a uh, Clem, you know, where oh, uh, where Bud took no, where Bud took uh, part of Clem's ass out. You know, they. Oh, ate that was fucking yeah. When they realized oh. that they they eat like they ate. <laughs> They ate his ass. Yeah. <laughs> they ate that's his you, ass. That, that's, that, that's how you get pink eye. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you get sweet pee. Uh, he was great in this. Yeah, Sweet Boy Camp 3. Did Michael you know it was him right away? Actor that, yeah, very young. Yeah. Very right young. away? No, but you told me. I, I, I probably would have found out maybe midway through, to be honest. But right away, no, but you said that he was in it. I was looking for him, and I was like, wait a minute, is that him? Or is it Charles Manson? Or who is that guy? You know? <laughs> he, you know, he's he's another one of those actors who's, like, been in, like, a thousand movies, really. Yep. Like, a great character actor. Like, I think he was very, uh, I think he was part of, like, um, Andy Warhol's gang. Oh, yes, he was. I think we discussed that on... Did we uh, discuss that on one of the... show or on the Sleepaway show. Probably on the Sleepaway show. Yeah, but he's, he's always good in everything he shows up in. And, uh, yeah. man, they all they all brought it in this in this, uh, in this this film. And the... Uh, who's the actor who played Chaco, the bandit? I don't sure. know, but he was good, too. Yeah, Thomas Millian. And I forgot about Chaco. By the time... This is, that, that's the mark of a good film where midway through the film... You you see something very serious take place, and somebody swear revenge. Okay, that's a serious plot point in any film, right? By the time we got to the end, and everything that happened with childbirth, and, and where the movie went with this couple, and everything that happened when they got to the town, I seriously forgot all about the big bad. And when he went back to him, I was like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. to me, that that's the sign of a good film where you forget that usually when you're watching a movie like this, especially a Western, which a lot of it is usually about revenge. And, and you're just like, that's like your your main you know focus of the film. Yeah, I got yeah. all about it. Yeah, because you know? you usually focus on get to the revenge already. Where here right. you were invested in not only these main four characters, but each of the of the uh, secondary characters that they. Um, they um met up with you know whether it was the amish uh religious people or yeah. or the townsfolk with all the men who were you know at first very much against you know a woman being in their town and giving birth but that you know that ultimately gave them hope and you know brought them like happiness and, oh, and... Th that that's great that yeah, yeah. fantastic stuff. Well, that guy and... had wanted nothing to do with it and he ended up being the most emotionally attached yeah. to the baby when the baby ends up holding grabbing his finger and whatever, yeah. and then, yeah, it was a great scene, great yeah, scene. Her, her, it was confusing. Her death scene, really. Her death scene and Clem's death scene, both of them were very emotional. Yeah. Yes, I have some confusing things that knocked it down just a bit. 
confusing and predictable. Two things happened that I knew were going to happen. So I, I, the baby was born. one was involving, yes, one involving, <laughs> one involving what happened with the childbirth. I knew it was going to happen as soon as labor began. And earlier on, when we discover there was some ass eating going on here, I didn't know that it was him and I didn't know that it was his ass, but I did know that they were eating a human. So I figured that out, and I figured the other thing out later. So I ended up dropping it down just a half a point and a little confusion. Like when they first got there, and they said the only women that had been there were whores, and then later on when the child was born, one of them said something about, I don't know which one of us that child looks like. Were they yeah. was the rep, Were they trying to say that she had been there as a whore in the past because we knew about her past? Was that what they were trying to say, or was that me reading too deep into it? And why would they say that line? Yeah, no, I think it was just more of, of you know them embracing this child as as one of their own. Yeah, and she was a whore. Was, yeah, she was a whore. It, it's it, yeah, I, I can see. You. I, I was confused too, okay. Dave. I was wondering did they see her as a, a prostitute way back when, or are they just making a general like shitty comment that because she's a whore, oh, I wonder what which what she's going to look like or whatever. As well, I, well, I, did they, but, they didn't know she was a whore. They had no reason to. They would never exactly, have known that because exactly. she was masquerading as his wife. Yeah, but they enough. mentioned earlier, yeah, the only woman that had ever been in this town had been a whore when we needed one. So I thought that maybe they put that line in there and then made that comment at the end to tie it together. But I don't know. But then why did it seem? I don't think so. That he was blown off. He was the father. This was her. This was his wife. Uh, for what they knew, the information they had was they were a married couple and they're having a baby. So of course it's his child. How come they blew him off like he was inconsequential? And they're and the, even the doctor who delivered the baby is asking the town to name the baby. What sense would that make? Well, if I know, knocked up somebody and they had a baby, I'm the father of the he's baby. He's like he's like Joseph to the. Me. He's like Joseph to Jesus. Apparently, yes, but for no reason. <laughs> I no, I think it has more to do with the fact that at this point he's so like almost mentally um shattered. I mean, he's he's pretty much almost gone at this point. Um stubby. So so actually them, you know, saying we need to come up with a name brings him back and gives him, you know, that 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 second life, that second wind if you will, cuz he uh he immediately comes back and he sees he sees this glimmer of love and hope and he's like that's when he decides like okay this baby's gonna have a good life here, better life than with me and you know sure I just so, watching I, I it think, I didn't get that you know I see I felt like I, I understand what you're saying because it did look that way but I felt like if he had said if they had gone the route where he said oh you know thank you and he decided to take his baby they weren't gonna put up a fight. I don't think they were like in this situation where they're like, this guy's not taking the baby. Right, but you would think if you if you made a baby with your wife who you love and she dies, you would damn well think, well, hey, this is all I have left. I'm going to be all about this baby. <laughs> you know. know what I mean? But he but he yeah, did what was best for the baby, even though it, it almost well, – oh, and it was anti what you expect. It was you know the reverse of what what's typical. If um, you expected him to ride sure. off into the sunset with the baby, so that's what I liked even more about this. This, this went really against what uh, what you expect. I do yeah. like that. I, I did like that, and I liked the character. I, I thought it was funny that for some reason they kept calling Bud Butt. Did, did you notice that? Yeah, yeah. Butt? Why were they calling him Butt? 
I, it I, made no sense. I don't know. It just it, maybe it just sounded like that, but I mean, it. it, it, <laughs> it I couldn't hear it, but the way they left him, like that was, that was a cool scene. The way you saw the uh, the POV from the different spots he might have oh, been yes. hiding, really well done, and kind of you know sad because yes, like he was. I mean, he was he was crazy to begin with, but at this point, he's he's fully gone. But was he crazy? <laughs> but seriously, was that JP? Was he though? Uh, I, right after I said that, I thought of him. But, but I mean, but seriously, I mean, yes, he was crazy. But do you think it was all hogwash that he that he could talk to the dead? Yep, I do think you? he was off his fucking rocker. Yeah, I did okay. Yeah, okay. I, I do like how that when they're leaving, they do all those ominous shots that look like he's watching them. Yeah, I thought man. that was really, really well done as well when they're leaving the town. Yeah, it's great. Some great moments throughout, some some horrific moments, and then like yeah, and then some absolutely touching moments uh, that you just don't expect, based on the fact that I think all I've known Fucci for is horror films. Yeah, him skinning that lawman, Chaco skinning that lawman. Oh, oh, oh and, yes. And of course, seeing all the the Amish people who you know were super nice and talking about their weapons being you know their prayers, and if and if they run into trouble, then heaven it is for them. And then Dead seeing kids, the aftermath. Yeah. Oh yeah, the dead little girl and all of them all bloodied. It was just oh, it was uh, it was brutal. impactful. The yeah. dead girl and the doll and all that and yeah. How about Clem in his last freaking wishes? I want you two to go to bed together for <laughs> ten hours for an hour. I was thinking, which one of them put him up to this? I think one of them pulled him aside and said, "Hey, listen. I think she wanted to bang him more than he wanted her. I think she said, okay, listen. If you die, I want you to say, I want you two to go to bed together. So maybe well, you know what? That's interesting. You say <laughs> promise. That. I actually, I actually wrote it down that not only did he say, "Swear to me, you'll get married," but make love one to ten hours. <laughs> it started. It started out as one hour. Then he's like. Make it ten hours. Yes, Which you're right about. I I really felt like it was almost more her in love with him than the other way around because there are particular scenes with Clem dying and also when she dies. Where I mean, he's clearly emotional both times, but he's not able to like admit his feelings. And when she dies, he's he's not able to say I love you back, which really bothered me. Like I got I got it, but but it still bothered me. Like I wanted him to just say it to her, like, like give her this before she goes, but he didn't say, right. I know, I know, but, uh, but I think he did love her in his way. I think so too. That's what's good about it though. Yeah. I, that, you know, isn't the know. fact that the, the, the revenge part of it almost like secondary to the movie. It's almost like in contraband yeah, too. It's like, it's said. just like kind of like a tag on at the end. Oh, we'll make sure right. he gets that's his revenge I too. I'm sorry. I, I, I forgot, I, I, yeah. you know, <laughs> You're absolutely right. It felt like it, it was like an afterthought, and it was such a quick scene that it, it was almost inconsequential cool. because everything you wanted to know about the story had already pretty much concluded at that point. Like, yeah, yeah you wanted to see Chaco get his, but like it, it didn't it didn't have any effect on you after because unfortunately the fate of all these characters, you know, played out the way they did already. That scene oh, where Chaco yeah. afterwards, uh, after he thinks he's left them for dead. But then it's like hunting them or, or wondering where they went. And they're and he's with those two other guys back in the desert. Oh, and they're just, they're just like literally rock. a head turn away from spotting them. Really mm. well done. Really suspenseful. And I read, like, I read, you made a joke about the music. There are a lot of people that say it's absolutely atrocious. And maybe it is, but I actually thought it worked for the movie. I did work I thought it was a, bo- a way ahead of its time because usually they put 
like sort of quote unquote period piece music in or whatever. And this, these were like ballads that definitely were not from 1873 or whenever it was supposed to take place. 93. Sweet whatever. and low, sweet chariot. Well, not that. I'm talking about the songs <laughs> of the soundtrack. Who wrote sweet low, sweet chariot? <laughs> Please call. No, but you're right about that scene, and that's there's one comment that that um, Stubby made after uh, after that scene you were talking about, where where he was a head turn away when they're looking at the bodies, and he said that that they saved us. Why did they do that? Now, was that implying that um, they knew? That, no, uh, no, 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 no. I know what you're thinking. You're uh, you're getting confused. He's saying that because they existed, they were spared death because Chaco and the gang killed them oh, instead. Chaco he was <laughs> Chaco and the gang. I think hey. he, he he was Chaco Taco. <laughs> he was saying um, he wanted to know why they killed all those people because yeah, if they okay. just wanted to rob them. Fine, rob them. But why massacre all these people, women and children too? That's what I think he was saying. It was like we were saved because of them, comma. Why did why did they do it? You know that, what I mean? That's that's all I want. That makes perfect sense to me now. I'm glad you cleared that up right away. I understood immediately. Nice. Want some peyote? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That scene, man. They're all tripping out and yeah. That was and you know when they first met him, I'm thinking. There's no way they're going to add him to their group because this movie's called For the Apocalypse. So I'm waiting for something to happen. I'm like, it looks like he's part of the group. He, he's, he's a dead eye. He's doing this. He's going to get him food. And they seem to be okay. And then all of a sudden, enter the peyote and, and the plan. And, you know, Unless it was For the Apocalypse and a little lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Christian, are you alive? I am alive. I am alive. Okay. I'm getting worried about you. <laughs> Oh, poor Can't guy. breathe, like but Saul I'm alive. Rosen- <laughs> Sounds like Saul Rosenberg over there. Oh, oh. my ass. Clumsy ass. Clumsy ass. We ate it. We ate it. Oh, <laughs> 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 nice. How, about he, how, how does he steal all four horses? You notice that? He had the two in the front, which I understand, because they're, but the other two were just following him. That was great. He's going to steal four horses? I was like, holy cow, this guy. But he did it. I like <laughs> the scene where he's just shooting birds and rabbits for what felt like 45 minutes. It was great. Yeah, was I told you. I told you I'm a hunter or whatever you say. <laughs> he's freaking boom, boom, boom. And butts running around just picking them up. Ooh, yeah. that's a big one. At one point, I think he picked up a duck. I swear, if you go back and watch it, it looked like he picked up a mallard duck. I'm saying to myself, what the hell is a mallard duck doing in the middle of the desert? Wow. I don't know. I, I thought I was watching freaking Duck Hunt, that video game. You know? <laughs> the duck. Yeah. And then he jumps over the edge. Those are the green-headed ducks, right? Yeah. Yeah, he does. He did pick up a duck, right? Oh, yeah. Because I remember saying, I love ducks. I wouldn't eat a duck. Oh, I, I love eat a duck. ducks. Yeah, I've had duck before. Duck is delicious. I I have had it too. It's good, but I would I, I I could easily not have it again. Oh yeah, I I mean I I could easily not eat it also, but it is delicious. I'd rather have peyote than duck. I've never had peyote. I don't think I'd be good on peyote. I don't think you would either. But I think I I might be okay. I'm too high strung for for anything like that. 
<laughs> Indeed. 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 Um, yep. We should probably rate this, huh? Yeah, sorry that I've been so quiet. I'm, I'm, I'm slowly dying here. You'll probably hear the sniffling on the recording, so I apologize to the listeners out there as well. I am an 8.5. Ooh, wow. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, I was at an 8 initially, but I had, like I said earlier, I had to bring it down just a little bit for some things being predictable and some things that I questioned. So it was at a 7.5. I'm going to go up a little because Brandon helped, helped me out a little bit. 7.75. Nice. Awesome. I'm going to come right in where Christian did 8.5. Fantastic film. Fulci, man. Fulci's good. Yeah. Fulci well, this was, good. this was definitely well directed. I do remember what I wanted to say about the other film now. Funny enough, how my mind works. Nice. Because this one was, I thought the cinematography was great on point. One, one of the best looking films that I've seen of his, to be quite honest. And from a, from a cinematography standpoint... Uh, on contraband, I thought he pulled a Marvel Bava and did a lot of those zoom-ins that we were that we said was kind of a staple of some of the Bava films we reviewed a couple of episodes back. <laughs> did you say Bava back? <laughs> a couple of episodes Bava. back. I don't know. Bava back. You're right, though. He did. He did do it. <laughs> Very, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know uh, what you said. You're saying Bava, then you're like, Bava we reviewed back. back. <laughs> Belial. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice. I did notice in. I think they did it in um, the second movie, uh, Contraband. Yeah, that's the one. Contraband was like, <laughs> the Bava back. Said. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I I thought he said all three of the movies that were. No, you say Contraband. <laughs> oh. So how about sorry. how about this is what happens moving forward. <laughs> this show's canceled. I just joined the Watt Z party. <laughs> what? <laughs> I would join, but they don't accept Jews. Yeah. <laughs> an exclusive this club good. this is good this is good well that's Fulci speaking of Fulci back to these quick questions until Christian says cut the shit Fulci but... me once shame on me, <laughs> me well this is the question about Fulci <laughs> it just so happens that, that John Weaver here questioned something about Fulci I didn't even say it was a Fulci show unless he really knew that's what we were doing but I don't know anyway he says is you Fulci laid it all really... out <laughs> <laughs> is Fulci really a genius or do people just love him because he's considered great by people, even though his movies are muddled at best? Hmm. I would have, I would have agreed with him uh, up until seeing these movies. I'm not going to say all the movies that I've watched of his have been muddled, but I do get that muddled no. feeling from a lot of the movies. I find very lucid as I used earlier, but conquest yeah. was probably the most muddled out of all these films. I thought contraband was, uh, maybe more of a convoluted story, but not definitely not muddled. And four of the apocalypse was was not muddled at all. That's my take. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a mix of both. I think there's a there's certainly a handful of films, if not a few more, that are just absolute gems that he's done. So it certainly outweighs some of the more muddled, inconsistent films. Right, and I, I don't think he's a genius. I think he's a good director, and I'll leave it at that. That's all I can say. So a lot of the horror is particularly muddled, and that's why I only have him so high. But I, I do enjoy, you know, most of what I've seen. So yeah. that's that. All right. What holiday that doesn't already need one have it? Wait, which holiday that doesn't already have one <laughs> needs its own slasher movie? Boxing Day. <laughs> Alan Lawrence asked. Is he the one that asked you about Boxing Day? Yeah, that was the one. It is. It is. It is. A... <laughs> there you go. 
See, it is Allen. I thought you said that when we were pre-gaming. <laughs> Correct. Boxing Day. I'll tell you what. I'm going to say it. And I've said it again because it would sell. It's Hanukkah. There's no question Hanukkah needs a freaking killer. There's, Great. And there's, don't you think so? First he starts an anti-Jewish podcast. Now he's stealing <laughs> my holiday. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Hanukkah really. We will finish this forever. <laughs> I wonder Hanukkah. if. if, if if um, directors, if filmmakers, if writers have really thought of an idea to do something like this and maybe thought it's just maybe too insensitive, I mean, that's the only thing I could think of. It might just be – it might just come off as like incredibly uh, prejudiced or – Perfect. You know, there's, a, there's a marketing right there. That, <laughs> it is the marketing if you want to go that route, yes, but only if you – if you go about it in a serious tone, I think it'll work. If you make a joke out of it, then it would be anti-Semitic. If you hit some stereotypical Jew guy as the killer or or, or, or as the victims, that's wrong. But I'm t- taking it as a serious film, a serious mm. slasher, I think would be the way to go. And I think it could be done. But you still, need all... a, you still need a menorah kill where you kill like yes. eight people at once. <laughs> no question. You got to put a, a dreidel down somebody's throat. There's lots of <laughs> things you got to do, obviously. But – do it in a serious manner. I mean, make it like Silent Night, Deadly Night, where you can still have off-the-wall type kills, but have it a serious, in-tone film. That's a great comparison. Why not do it? That's, Why not do it? I'm on board. All I right. can't really think of a holiday off, off the top of my head. Maybe Columbus Day, because Columbus Day is such a you know controversial holiday to begin with. Is there any Columbus Day slasher films? I don't think so. <laughs> nope. There should I just, be. I just, yeah. That's... There should be one called Columbus Day, and it would be <laughs> people kill cows on Columbus Day, or somehow they, they, they it gets mixed in something with a cow. Cow. Christian. Or a guy wears I know a guy wears a cow mask on Columbus Day <laughs> and kills people. And he's called Christopher Columbus. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, he writes letters like the Zodiac Killer to the paper. Christopher. Yeah, and the tagline. The tagline is "Move over, Christopher <laughs> Columbus is coming." <laughs> Christian, the, this is where you say wrap it up. And the reason, no, and the reason like he does it. it is because he's anti-Columbus Day. He's anti-Columbus Day, so he's making a statement. So he's putting on a cow mask and killing people. And he, he, he turns out he's lactose intolerant, and that's why he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. Oh, my God. That was hilarious, though. (laughs) Amazing. Woo. Okay. Is there a movie you rated high solely solely based on the special effects and gore, not the plot? High just because of the gore. I'd say Intruder back in the day. Intruder? I've come down a little Um, lower on that. How about, like, Dead Alive? There you go. Oh, what's the other one that I love? Um, the Thanksgiving movie. It's I got my top freaking twenty slashers. Uh, oh, Blood Rage. Mutilator? Blood, Blood Rage. Blood Not Rage. Mutilator. I meant <laughs> and Mutilator. But I have those three movies: Mutilator, Blood Rage, and Intruder. All all slashers. Gore. No. Question. Yeah, you know what? I th- those are actually good choices because those are like when you look at them, they're really, especially Mutilator. Like, it's really I'm not like, a big fan of that movie. Like the I kills like are it. the only good like, thing about it. That's, that's for the sure. thing. The kills are the only good thing, but it's, I don't know, yet it's charming in some way. I agree. No. You got the kids on fall break. Yeah, I dig crazy, it. You guys, you, this is fucking nuts. Even through my cold, I can tell you that you guys are crazy. <laughs> you're, you're hallucinating. <laughs> when you go back and listen, nothing yeah. we said is going to be accurate. Nothing. <laughs> okay. This is about Christian. This is a, a question specifically for Christian. Can Christian 
be our family's guide in Toronto for the sites and hotspots to visit, or at least tell us some. I'm dead serious. Our family is planning a trip there besides the Rogers Tower, the Rogers Center, CN Tower, and Degrassi Street, while other places are there. What other places are there? Are We, we are traveling with a nine-year-old girl, any zoos, amusement parks. We love the Jays. <laughs> okay, I'll be quite honest. No. <laughs> I don't. I, no, I don't. Here it is. We're saying no only because he said we're traveling with a nine-year-old. No, girl, but I can't. Our nine-year, not with our nine-year-old girl. I could definitely not. I could definitely not come out and do anything because I, I have no time for even my own life. Uh, so I can't. Def, but I'll tell you that. Yeah, we have the Toronto Zoo, which is actually a, uh, I, I thought a really renowned zoo in North America. Like I know the Toronto Zoo, and I know of the San Diego Zoo, and there might be another big one in in the states, eh? No. Toronto Zoo is great because they'll throw feces, the monkeys will throw feces at you and then apologize. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've got Canada's Wonderland, which is an amusement park just north of Toronto that everybody that seems to love amusement parks come to Toronto for. Lots of thrill rides, crazy roller coasters, one with a crazy, crazy dip that just opened up this year. Michael Vincent. All right. Break out the clean linen for the Chesterfield. <laughs> okay, Ari Aster and Jordan Peele, the new faces of modern horror? Question mark. Maybe Midsommar. I, I mean, three for three. Maybe Mike Flanagan's pretty solid right now. I love Flanagan. I'll tell you that. Um, and there's someone else that that's slipping off the top of my head that has had like three or four good ones in a row, and I'll get back to you on it. But can't can't say no though. They, yeah. They, can't say no so far so good we'll see what happens still early but so far so good so far so good okay glenn wolf my homie top three non-horror guilty pleasure movies that that's hard to do i i could name one maybe guilty pleasure i don't know grease grease and grease too Uh, i like them a lot (laughs) well these are Uh, non-horror you said right yeah non-horror the golden girls isn't um but it's a show that i love the golden girls it's true. I don't believe in guilty pleasure because I, I have no problem admitting any of the, the stuff I, I happen to love. I want to drink coffee with Blanche on the wall now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Picture it. Sicily. 1924. <laughs> you got anything? Uh, anybody else? You guys, you mind pass me the paper over there? Yeah, the sports section. <laughs> so I can fucking bitch slap both of you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh man, amazing! This guilty. one's hard. I mean, my, for me, I don't want to say guilty pleasure, but I mean, I'm right. just—I'm a huge. Uh, I love Adam Sandler. I love him as a person. So, like, I just think he's a great guy. So, I just—I'll watch anything he makes. So, I'm a big Adam Sandler guy. I know people are like, oh, you know, most of his movies suck or whatever, but I don't care. Whatever. Guilty, guilty pleasures, if if you want to use that term. That's fair. Um, what are your three favorite movies that you went into cold with little to no expectations that rank the highest for each of you? I don't think I can answer that now. <laughs> uh, I'd have to think on that. Nope. That's something you got to think. Rick room for okay. a dream. Definitely. I went in not knowing anything about that movie and it just blew me away. Yeah. That yeah. movie, that movie's amazing. Yep. I saw that in the theater too with my wife at the time dating year 2000, man. Some great films for sure, man. Went into blind or cold with little to no expectations. I don't know. I can't really. It's hard to see when you go into a movie blind. (laughs) (laughs) Joyride was another one. I went in not really. I probably saw like, you know, Candy Cane, 
I love that first joy ride. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I have it. Indubitably. I don't, I don't think I have it. <laughs> what was my favorite movie uh, a couple years ago? The Western. <laughs> the horror Western. Brimstone? That one. Nope. Bone Tomahawk? Bone Tomahawk. Big, Bone yeah, Tomahawk big, is a good choice. Big surprise. Big surprise for me. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Dave Actually, Parker. Grimsby hey. sounds like a new horror Western. Right? It sure does. Grimsby. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Dave Parker, homie. Um, what is your dream team podcast? Pick three hosts from any show to form the ultimate team and give it a name. Can't do all that. Can't pick yourself and your current people you podcast with. Oh, wow, shit. That, that's hard to do. Man. Oh, on the spot? Holy on shit, the spot. man. I'll tell you. On the spot, I'll say Duncan McLeish, Moods, and Dan Chase. A horror podcast with those three. I would love it. So there you go. And I picked those three because uh, I couldn't pick the people I podcast with. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I picked, Watson uh, or I guess I picked Jamie. Jamie. Uh, Jamie. There you go, for sure. Jerry and Mike. But Jerry and Mike do shows together, don't they? Yeah, that's no dream team. We hear freaking three times a week. Because there are so many damn shows, too. Yep. Yeah, fuck you guys. No, I'm kidding. I love all of you guys. But I don't know. I Yeah. You didn't name the show, though, Dave. Name the show? Um, Clash of the Titans. Holy fuck. Know. Everything's Clash of the Titans saying... with you tonight. I think that's been your I, I, answer for everything. It is. It's the best I have. What can I tell? I'm trying to go through it quick and, I don't know. B, you got anything? He don't listen to podcasts. Uh, Duncan McLeish, Duncan Hines, and Duncan Donuts. <laughs> Okay. And uh, I don't know. Uh, Jutopia will be the name of our podcast. Jutopia. We're, we're battling the Watsi party. There you go. Nice. Nice. All right. Joshua Pinelli, your favorite horror films of the 2010s. Nope. Can't do that. That's, that's way too much. Great question. I thought we did it already. 2010s? Oh, that's maybe we did it from, like... well, we did it for the, from the 2000s. So I, 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 I'd say the Wailing, the Wailing and Hereditary are, are probably the two that stand out for me. I'm sure there's there's definitely more, but those from the from that those would be the two right off the top. Yeah, I mean Brimstone, uh, it follows off the top of my head. Just uh, Suspiria, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, all I got to do is look at my number ones for the past couple of years and a couple other Black Coat's Daughter. I don't, you know what I mean? Just name them off. But we know anyone that's listened to our at least we'd have to look for the early ones to really come up with it. Or walks home alone at night. Maniac remake. Boom. Spring. There you go. Spring. But anyway, that's going to be our, our episode. Our, uh, <laughs> episode one hundred. <laughs> episode one hundred will be um, the best uh, of the two thousand tens. How's that? I don't know. Just popped into my head right now because this is the year we could do it. Two thousand nineteen. It's the last year of the decade. We could have a decade show. Man. Anyway, whatever. Uh Jonathan Wilhelm. Who had the greatest stash in the eighties between you three? Well, me, of course. Stash? I was a child. <laughs> right. So stash of what? Me. Drugs? I was, I was a child. Stash. S T A C H E. None of us, really, then, because we were children. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Uh, Lucas, what is one horror movie you're most tired of discussing? Halloween. Nothing. Anything Nothing. Halloween. It's like, give it a break for a while. No. No, I, 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 I saw that question, and I have to say nothing. Nothing. Pop out or not, nothing. Of... I'll t- keep talking about Friday 13th till I'm dead in the balls. Me too, me too. Dead in the balls. Yep. <laughs> Halloween. Give it a rest, Halloween fans. All right. Watch something else. Fuck you, fuckball. <laughs> <laughs> what books, if any, have scared you? I, um, 
Just the whole reading part scares me. My tenth, my tenth grade <laughs> chemistry textbook. <laughs> good answers. Good answers. <laughs> oh, I guess The Shining sometimes. Kind of inspired by the, oh Derek B in honor of him by the Incubus discussion. What are some of your favorite bands that you would love to see pop up in horror movies? Oh wow, Jeez. Incubus. Fish. In the Incubus. <laughs> good answer a remake of the incubus starring incubus <laughs> that'd be awesome it's yeah, starring brandon what's his name i forgot his name and i know it's i'll have go- I'll, I'll say ghost patrick swayze good choice okay Fuck. i'll say fish because i want to see him and everything and it'd be weird to see them in horror so i think it'd be cool okay uh keith says you want to spend the next 20 years isolated with only one film to watch what would you pick that's so hard dude that's so yeah. hard it really is. I, I, I honestly, it sounds like a simple answer, but I, I would need to think about that. Same here. So I'm, I'm not answering that. I'm sorry, but I can't answer it. Brandon, do you happen to have one? Hedvig. Hedvig. Wow, he loves that movie. Okay, All right. Love it. All right. Mike Merriman. Of course, I saw this too late. Ha! Huh? Joke's on you. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. You're not you on the dream it. team anymore. You're not in my podcast <laughs> group. <laughs> Mike's a good choice. Mike's funny as hell. Mike cracks me up. You guys yeah, just man. made Mike's night. All right. If you had the chance to see any classic horror movie in the theater from any period, what would it be? That's, that's Oh, we've tough... answered this. I, I yeah, still think, probably. I know, I, I mean, I'd love to go back to see Psycho, so maybe I changed Friday the 13th. But I said Friday the 13th before. I still think I've, I think it would be Friday the yeah. 13th over I Halloween. Over, I and I, maybe over even over Halloween. Psycho. But the Psycho reaction would have been fantastic too, man. Yes, it would have. Yes, it would have. Yeah, I'm going, I, I, I'm going back even further. I, I'm thinking Rosemary's Baby. Oof. Well, that's yes. actually after Hollow uh, Psycho. No, I meant I meant yeah. from you know oh, you yeah. guys were going Friday. I meant that sure. yeah after Psycho though. Yep. The yeah. Exorcist would have been the other one, man. Holy shit. Exorcist yep. Jaws. I mean, all the ones that you see in like that poll. Yep, the Exorcist, one I put up. Uh, yeah. What? What was? Yeah. Exorcist Jaws Dracula. Yeah, um, was the other one Psycho? That was the one I Psycho, picked yeah. because of the freaking reveal. Amazing. So, like yeah. I said, same as Christian. It'd be, it'd be Psycho or, or Friday. Yes, it really would. So, oh, we look. We're just at the end. We can do this now. Okay, um, Andre. If you, oh, we just saw that. Okay, Cameron. If you had to watch one horror movie on infinite loop for twenty four hours, what would it be? If I had to, if I had to do it for one day straight, ooh, either Friday two or Halloween probably. Because they're the lightest. Like, I love The Shining and The Exorcist and others, but they're kind of heavy watches. I do a 24-hour marathon of Friday the 13th, the original. I could do that, too. I go Fright Night. Nice. Gun to my head. Gun to my head, I I just say kill me. (laughs) Or Friday Friday 2, it's it's, it's that, too, depending on on the day. Halloween or Friday 2, straight up. You brought up Fright Night, so I I gotta bring it up again. That movie... I, I, I love that movie so much, but one thing that it stuck with me in that movie is the stupidest thing, but it, it still sticks to me to this day, and I just did it today, is... The fact that he whistles Strangers in the Night, and it's stuck, it sticks with me all the time, and I'll just catch myself whistling, and anytime I whistle, it's Strangers in the Night, and it's from that fucking movie. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Wow. I love it even more now. 10.5. <laughs> that's great, man. Wow. I didn't even realize that song was in that movie because I've only seen that movie once. So I had to watch it again. Wow. You're the only crazy man who hated the cover art to that film. I didn't hate the cover art. I didn't like the title. 
I thought you said something that you didn't like the cup, the box art, the VHS box art. Well, I, it isn't that I didn't like it. It's just that I, I didn't really care for vampires, and I, that, that, that didn't intrigue me to see that as the cover of the That film. was the coolest cover box back in the day. It is cool if you look at it from it a, bar, cool. a box perspective, and, and yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I, as I get opposed it. to a non-box perspective. <laughs> as opposed to realizing what's on the box, and if you're from not a into cube perspective or a spear perspective. I do respect it, though. I mean, I could yeah. even put it up in this room, and I got a lot of good posters up in this room at this point. Man, oh, man, I'm happy with it. But Clash anyway, the Titans. Um, <laughs> yes, that's, that's my next one. Get a Conquest poster. Yes, I, I just may, actually. That'd be phenomenal. Uh, Warren Money. CGI blood squibs. Do they upset you? Warren Money. Podcast. Have you listened to any of <laughs> That's my answer to you. I, uh, Okay. <laughs> I'm not I'm a big, huge fan of CGI, but uh, a bunch, but if sometimes if it's edited fine, I'm okay with it. It's when it's so overtly brutal, that's where it irritates me. But no, I'm okay with it. Yeah, it depends. I'll go. I mean, Maniac remake. I'm no complaints. Midnight Meat Train. No complaints. I can't stand the CGI blood squirt at all. I, I uh, God, mm, man. CGI cum shot, shots. Those piss me off. <laughs> I wonder if they have No, those I hate. I prefer the real thing. <laughs> they should start having them. Oh, that this could save the porn industry. They can just freaking they could they can f- film twice as many porn movies a day <laughs> if they just have the guy pull out and put CGI freaking shots. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's a movie we should make maybe. See? If you can figure out how to do how to do freaking CGI cum squirts. Yeah, coming soon. <laughs> cum squirts coming soon. I'll do five pornos a day. I'll tell you right now. But anyway, my, if my wife would let me. It should be it should be a, about about a group of young men who join the cum squirts instead of the cub scouts. But... <laughs> the cum squirts. <laughs> this is the leader of the cum squirts. Oh, that's great. Last question. We made it. We somehow did this. Rob Mahoney, my old homie Mahoney. Um <laughs> Mah ma- Mahoney is ma ma Mahomey. Okay. <laughs> What what are the movies you guys love that don't get enough love? Hmm. Well, Amityville Two I talked about last week. No, I do love that. What doesn't get enough love? I don't know. Horror movies specifically or anything? Like I, I, I say Blowout. Oh, I love Blowout. Brian De Palma's Blowout. Yeah. Blowout. What yeah. is that? John Travolta, Nancy Allen. Wow. Okay. I talked about it on the show a few times. <laughs> okay. I guess yeah, we- I, I don't think the uh, the ninth configuration gets enough love. I yeah. keep talking about it. I think Inner Senses, which is you know when we were doing. I mean, I'm still doing the shows with with 22 shots. These top tens. When we did 2002, was it just were, were all three of us there, or was it just you and me, Dave? I think it was just yeah. Yeah, I, I I can't remember. But my number one for that year was a movie called Inner Senses, which was I believe it was from Hong Kong. So it was a Chinese uh, like ghost story. Phenomenal film, and nobody has seen this film. Nobody. You're right. Oh well, I mean, there's other things like I even say Videodrome from a high, like a high release. I don't think enough people talk about Videodrome. I really don't. I really, I think that that deserves a lot more love. And then from a movie that like you were just talking about that no one talks about, I'd say The Voices came out a few years ago with uh, Ryan Uh, Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, that was a terrific film. And you're right in terms of like the the more well-known films, Videodrome, even like I, I would put almost Amityville 2 in that category now, that and like Pin, where it's like everyone knows Pin. about them, yet they're oh. still not, we're still not like, I don't know. Like people are like, oh, Pin's a great movie, but it's like nobody's really talking about it. It's just everyone's yeah. agreeing 
That's that's a great underrated movie. You're right. Pin. Well, we'll be talking about it eventually, pretty soon. Yeah. Actually. We'll we'll talk about that in a second. And then goodbye. Uh, I guess I can just say, um, don't get enough love. Natural Born Killers, because that's my favorite. Uh, History of the World Part One. Mel Brooks film that kind of is overlooked, and other movies of his are talked about more, and I, I love it. God gave us these 15, <laughs> these 10 commandments. <laughs> ten, <laughs> 10 commandments. That's a great fucking joke. <laughs> oh, man, it's great. Neighbors. Neighbors is my favorite comedy. John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, and nobody talks about Neighbors. But that's fine. I'm kind of glad I, I, I kept it to myself. So it's okay, but it's just like, man, I can't believe people don't love this movie the way I do. But that's off the top of my head. So, okay, so that's that. We can we can say goodbye. I'll, I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll just uh, do our shows, what's coming up, you know? Um, because I, I just put it up there not too long ago. And uh, the non-horror show, that's today, episode 84. Next show is the Carpenter's Apocalypse Trilogy from the Ram Man. We're going to talk about Nightmares from 83 and Demon Wind, episode 85, the Ringu Trilogy. We're going to talk about Devil and Starry Eyes. Episode 86, back to Derek B, talking about some Asian stuff. Matango, Cure, and Premonition. And then we're going to do Grave Encounters 1 and 2. Mandango? Matango. Mandingo? Mandingo? That's that's what I was trying to go with. (laughs) Amazing, amazing. Episode 87, Nightbreed and the Descent from the Ram Man, Videodrome from Markel. Yeah. yeah. We'll be talking dude. about it. Yes, we will. Pigs and Hell Knight. And then episode 88 is another year show, 1988, the year in horror from Derek B. Once again, I just said that a minute ago, yeah, Pin. Pin. Yeah. <laughs> talking about Pin, that is one of the movies we will be talking about for sure that he selected. And I don't have everything else off the top of my head right now, but we got time. We got time. So, by the way, Patreon, if anybody wants to give us some recommendations, after show 88, we have one triple R for show 89. We have nothing else. So, if you want to do it, message us on Facebook, message us on Patreon, uh, respond on one of these threads where the show, if you want your show, your show, if you want your movie reviewed, just let us know. We'll do it. We'll get to it. So, some people are quiet, and that's okay. You know what I mean? We don't mind that, but we like the quiet ones. We love the quiet ones. Maybe show 88, well, 89, we'll just have one triple R and we get to pick a movie for the first time all year. It's going to we'll be called The, the quiet, quiet Ones. ones. <laughs> <laughs> there is a horror movie called I The know. Quiet Ones. There is. We've uh, said that both at the exact same time. Brilliant. I'd like to say great minds think alike, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to change the name of my podcast to The Cum Squirts. <laughs> nice. How about The Cum Quats? The Cum Quats. Yes, the kumquats. I've never had a kumquat. No, I don't even know what it is. It's a vegetable, right? Yeah, is it a fruit or a vegetable? I'm not sure. What is a kumquat? I don't know. What is a quince? What is a quahog? Now you're doing a can't jump. That's what I I meant to do when I said what is a a kumquat. I meant to do that. That was quahog and quince. There you go. Foods that start with the letter Q. Sweet. (laughs) Rosie Perez. Nice. We miss you, Rosie. Come back. Do a do a do a um a sequel to the cell with Jennifer Lopez. I want to see Jennifer Lopez and, and Rosie Perez in a movie together. I yeah, I want to hear Rosie uh Rosie Perez's soothing voice in the uh, Dream World. Yeah. <laughs> Leave Rosie alone. I like her. She's a big boxing fan. See her at all the boxing events on TV. Nice, nice. 
And as usual, we don't know how to end a show. We're talking about Rosie Perez and boxing, whatever. I was going to say that again. It's crazy. Come squirts. Sick like <laughs> yeah. a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. Christian's sick. Let's get the hell out of here. And uh, Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, everyone who's listening. Thank you, patrons. We love you all. Thank you all, horror fans. So, Peace out. Peace. Yeah. Peace out. Christian's going to feel better on the next show, and so are we, and so are you. So see ya. <laughs> Oh, wait, and one more thing. Like the singing bird and the croaking toad, we got a name, (laughs) and it's Exploding Heads. Thank you, everyone. (laughs)